0: Hey, Fro. Hi. What is 18 legs and catches flies? I don't know. A baseball team. <laughs> On this week's
1: Another Digital Season, we're going to talk about News of the Week, some slam Predictions, the movie 13, another digital review of The Glass Castle, and we will discuss The Guest Book, Episode 3.
2: This is another digital citizen. That's why the late job is very successful. Five zero four. Five zero
3: four. Five zero four. Five zero four. Four zero four.
1: Welcome, citizen. Hello, ladies and uh, gentlemen, and welcome to another Digital Citizen, uh, the smallest podcast about the biggest thing, TM. Uh, with me, I have Luke and only Luke.
0: Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. You oh. are only Luke. Yep. Tilly is in Spain, as she said last week. Hola. Hola. Hi. <laughs> yes. Hi again. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah. I uh, I know I know some
1: small things in Spanish. I know cuanta cuesta. That means how much it, is it. And then I just point at things. That's pretty. That's useful. Yeah. Yeah. Handy to know. Yep. Cuanta cuesta.
0: I've never asked this. Are there a lot of Mexican restaurants in Norway? Do you have a lot of? Um, not really. No, oh, I w- I wouldn't figure there would be. Yeah, but Mexican food <laughs> is mean, so delicious. It's like my favorite restu- like favorite kind of restaurant to go to most of the time.
1: Oh, really? My name is Indian. We have a oh. lot of Indian restaurants for some reason.
0: Huh? Yeah, I like Indian food as well. That also good. But I
1: love Indian food. So, uh, I'm going to break the tradition with uh, us doing the news first. Uh, let's talk a little about uh, wrestling before we talk about wrestling. Because I have a question. Have you watched
0: any of the G1? Uh... No. No. There's just way too no. much of it. I do not have time for that in my life. No. Uh,
1: You know Jeremy, our... Uh, Good and uh, best listener right, of the yeah. podcast. You, all the other p- people, no, no, you're not. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, he uh, lent me his uh, uh, new Japan wrestling thing, so I actually watched it, and I-, I can say that my main problem with that kind of product. Is that there's next to not no storytelling like there's
0: really good matches but okay it's it's kind of hard hard for me to is there something lost <sighs> in translation maybe as far as storytelling goes or is it just the matches are oh uh, we're having a match to get a title is that everything? right okay right well that's yeah. storytelling the storytelling is just more simple and basic yeah it's not, it's
1: not the soap opera like we have on WWE. Sure. Uh, and and I I kind of like the soap opera element of it because I need, like I had this discussion with other people before. I need there to be a good storyline, not only good matches. I know people say that ah, oh, I can watch good matches without knowing the storyline that's what, one of the reasons why why I have trouble watching uh, wrestling before like my time in wrestling because I didn't know the storylines like I I can say that the, uh, there's a good match without knowing the storyline but, but for me to keep my interest in it I need to know why Why are they fighting? Why are right. they... So
0: maybe it's a problem. That you you watched yeah. this, but you didn't know the backstory of a lot of the wrestlers. You didn't know the backstory of a lot of the right. feuds. You were just watching this. Right. But maybe this is a good starting point. I, I really don't know the product. But if you wanted to continue watching from here, do you feel like you know the wrestlers and storylines better from watching this? Or no?
1: Uh, I definitely liked the type of wrestling there was. I, I only wish
0: well No, I'm saying uh, do you know the wrestlers and the storylines no. better than you did from watching Oh yeah, uh, this oh, yeah, definitely. than you did before. Well then that's oh, yeah. that's the starting point. So you got to build from oh, here yeah. if you want to get to to that point for a, where you understand that stuff but some people I think go into it and go oh my gosh, it's so amazing just cuz they like to watch the wrestling. And I like good uh, wrestling. Good wrestling's great, but you know what makes good wrestling better? An interesting storyline. <laughs> a great yeah. wrestling match can be a, the best technical, amazing wrestling match ever, but if there's no story behind it, it's still just a great wrestling, technical wrestling match. And if you have a great technical wrestling match that has a really cool story behind it, it's going to be that much better. So, uh, if you don't understand the storylines or what's going on with the characters, it would be a little hard to get into it. I can totally understand that.
1: Mm. And I, I i i think i think there's something to do with i i want i want there to to be kind of a raw show or a smackdown show that i could watch that was in the new japan wrestling style but they don't have that
0: they just have matches huh okay i thought they had a kind of weekly or monthly show but i i didn't know
1: uh, not that I could see. Maybe no. I am wrong. Maybe someone that knows something about this topic should talk about it. But... Right.
0: <laughs> Maybe you should yeah, talk but... about this Bill instead of me, because I have no effing clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> I,
1: I am going to talk to Bill about this later. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Uh, I, I liked the G1 Summit thing. It was really cool. A lot of fun and and strange matches. Uh, a lot of good uh, wrestling.
0: Oh, right on. That's yeah. Uh, let's go. I, in. I just have not yeah. chosen to watch it because, like I said, there's so much of it. It is like hours and hours and hours of stuff. I don't know the the product well enough to that. I think I would be in the same boat as you. I would be going, uh, what? Who are these people? What's going on? I would if have that, to get get into the product
3: there.
0: Yeah, to watch a full tournament of a product, you have to know yeah. what the whole product is about because. It's a tournament. Yeah. yeah no, Otherwise, I, it, I would just I be totally watch, confused and I would be going, yeah, it's a lot of good wrestling. And that's about it. So, yeah. Uh, uh, on my, in my neck of the woods, television. did you see the article I sent that wasn't in our news that was like the extra news? The extra news that I sent? Yes, I did. About the moon cycle. The solar eclipse. Right. That's happening yes. on Monday, I believe. It's the 21st. Whatever that is. Um, it's happening near me, like one of the main cities uh, near where I live is list is on the list of the best places to see it uh, in Oregon. Uh, And within the, like there's like a small, I think it's 60 miles where you could see the full solar eclipse. They say that there's going to be an extra million people coming to Oregon. Um, It's a lot of extra people and Oregon is not prepared for an extra million people. Uh, so the police, state police, sheriff's office have come out and said, stock up on food, stock up on water, be, uh, expect to not be able to get places cause all the roads will be clogged. There's a chance that the power grid may go down. There's a chance that the cell phone towers may go oh. down from all, from, you know, all these extra people using the cell phone reception and all these extra people, you know, using power, uh, power. People are selling rooms in their houses for like, uh, you know, uh, Airbnb type stuff uh, for thousands right. of dollars to ha- for people Ooh. to stay in Oregon because all of the hotels are completely sold out in like this area. Uh, just in my area, split, they said a million in Oregon, 400,000 just in the town where I'm near are an extra 400,000 people. It's going to be nuts. I've, I'm stocked up. They're treating this like it's going to be a natural disaster, basically. Um, and I'm, I'm all stocked up and ready to go. Uh, I might go to the store right after we get done podcasting and get a few extra things, but I'm not, I'm I'm expecting not to go anywhere for a week. So next week we'll see if this is all like Y2K, fro. And next week on Wednesday I'll be like, yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> so
1: how much is it for your uh, space on
0: your sofa? Oh, no. Uh, I had not no. even... No, not happening. I don't even... I, I expect there to be a lot of people out where I am, but I'm way out in the middle of nowhere, uh, which I guess that would be the best place to view in a solar eclipse, but... Get away from the light yeah. pollution and whatnot. You know, in a main city, you're not going to see it as well as way out, but no, I, I don't want people here. No, I can understand that. But it's going to be crazy, not... so I'll cover that next week, uh, probably in the news. Uh, The other thing that's kind of... Frightening me about adding a million people to um, a place is, right now in America, we have a bit of um, tension between different groups of people, and if you're just adding a random extra million people, shit could go down, you know what I mean, bro?
1: <laughs> yeah, especially with, starting with this week's, uh, I would say, saddest news. Biggest, uh, it's
0: biggest it's- news and saddest news, right.
1: Yeah, uh, this is, uh, of course, not news anymore, but, uh, yeah, you had a thing happening in the States.
0: What do you mean it's not news anymore? Well, I I
1: mean, I mean that, uh, sadly, with things like this, uh, people just move on.
0: Oh, well, here in America, it's still 24-7 news cycle. It's all this. They're not covering any other news on MSNBC or CNN. So at least really? here in America, this is still one hundred percent in the news. Yeah. Um, be- because the in videos Norway, that I po- talk- posted f- that we're gonna watch in a minute, the Trump ones, right. that happened yesterday. So they're still oh. covering this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's uh, it's in Charlotteville. Uh, I I have actually no clue where Charlotteville is. To Virgin- be honest. Right. Virginia. Okay. Uh, it, uh, was, uh, a Nazi, uh, Supreme Demonstration? Uh, um, neo-Nazi. It? Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna get all, like, uh, whatever, uh, hard on, get a hard on for the correct terms and this and that, but guess what? We defeated the Nazis in the 30s. <laughs>
2: We, we yeah. won
0: World War II, and they, they got rid of them. We actually put a lot of them in jail, uh, so neo-Nazi would be the correct term, because Nazis don't actually exist anymore, but yes. Right. Everybody's and still uh, saying Nazi.
1: I mean, it's all over the place. And uh, there's a lot of angry white men with tiki's. I find that kind of weird that they had tiki's.
0: Right, that would have been the night before the actual, I guess, riots and everything that happened, uh, they went, the whole thing here is these, this, they had planned this neo-Nazi rally, which they called Unite the Right, which kind of just brought a lot of, um, different Nazi, uh, neo-Nazi type groups together, uh, is what it was, but they were protesting, taking down a statue of a Confederate general, uh, Right. And so that was what this whole thing started as. So that's why they with the tiki torches they're all surrounding this statue. Uh but it was very reminiscent of like a KKK rally with all the torches and everything. Uh clearly I think that's what they were going for. Don't you think, Fro?
1: Yeah, oh, def- definitely. Uh then it reminded me a little like if you've seen it, like old old uh, Frankenstein movies where all the the
0: people Town are, folk are coming up to the castle yep. yeah yep an angry mob but, right which this kind of was an angry mob to to, to, oh, to yeah yeah um but yeah they I think using the term neo-nazis just as a general term because this was a whole like five or six seven different groups I guess. Of different types of uh, white supremacist neo-Nazi type groups, so there was a whole bunch of different groups. But I, and I personally, if you I think calling them Nazis. Let I'll go into wh- why okay. I think this, but I think uh, it's bad to call them Nazis because that would actually be, in my mind, I think it would be considered a good term to them. Whereas neo Nazi may not be. Because, like I said, we defeated the Nazis. These guys want to be Nazis. They want to have that power that the Nazis had, which they don't. It's a couple hundred idiots. You know what I mean? So, to put them on the same level as Hitler and the Third Reich, like that is giving them way too much credit in my mind. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, So, calling them Nazis, you see it all over Facebook, you see it all over Twitter, you see it all over the news, even CNN, MSNBC, Fox, everywhere. Uh, calling them Nazis is giving them way too much credit, because they're just, it's a hundred, three hundred idiots, is what it is.
1: And then there were a lot of anti-fascist, uh, counter-protesters, of course.
0: Right, which happened the next day. This was after the, the initial one that was the night before, which there was some people who went against them, I guess, uh, they tried to stop them from getting to the statue, but the uh, small fights broke out there between them and, I believe, Black Lives Matter protesters. And the Black Lives Matter people got r- driven off because there were just way too many of the other pro- uh, the other neo-Nazis. So the next day... Am I, to, yeah, am I to understand
1: that it was the statue of Robert E. Lee? Correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Not that it's really important. Like, <laughs> really uh-huh. doesn't matter to this story at all. Probably not. But... That's what the they the their purpose was for being there. That's why uh, they got a permit. So you, when you get a permit, you have to say what you're protesting in the to destination. Get the, right. So this was planned months ahead of time. So everybody knew and in David, this town that this was going to happen.
1: Uh, and, and David Duke was there, right? As well, okay, I see. He,
0: well, he was part the of pictures. one of the groups that was, you know, one of the neo-Nazi groups that was there. Uh, but there were multiple, like I said, multiple groups. He, I think he was the, just the head of one of them. To be honest with you, before last year, I'd never heard of David Duke in my entire life. And the only way I learned about this guy was through CNN and MSNBC.
1: Yeah.
0: So I would have never heard of this guy if it wasn't for CNN, probably. Um,
1: uh, I heard of David Duke uh, thanks to his endorsement of Donald Trump.
0: Right. That's yeah. Same thing. Was, well, yeah. I mean, that's where it came from. Is I and I probably heard that on CNN or MSNBC. I would have never heard of this guy otherwise. Uh, I think they're kind of giving him publicity more than they even think they do. They think they're going against him, and this again with this whole Trump thing and them going against his words and things like that. They may be doing the the. Roman Reigns thing where they think they're fighting against it but really they this may help Donald Trump in the future but we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's continue with what happened in Charlottesville because we haven't really gotten to the biggest part of this. Yeah. The next day we have the big uh, the big rally for the neo-Nazis and a massive amount of counter-protesters show up. Uh, I think it's interesting to point out that we did a story in Norway not too long ago I want to say last month where we talked That's about cool. some neo-Nazis who did a rally. Some violence yep. happened between them and the people in the town. And what happened is yep. the police, the, the counter-protesters, the next week, I believe, they wanted to do their own protest. But since violence and happened at the neo-Nazi protest, the yep. uh, police, the Norwegian police, said that couldn't counter-protesters were not allowed to protest. Right. Yep. Uh... I thought that was an interesting correlation because the way we rationalized it then is the same way I'm rationalizing now. So let's continue. But uh, I'm not. We're not going to be. I'm not going to be a hypocrite on this. I don't know about Fro, but I assuming Fro is going to have the same view as me on this because we uh, we did last time. But uh, yeah, so the two groups uh, came together, I guess, and some clashed. right. They clashed. Some of the people in the neo-Nazi group. Uh, they're all neo Nazis, so they're all idiots, and you know. Uh, but it, they have freedom of speech. They have the right to freedom of speech. They don't, they don't have the right to fight people, which is what happened. Fights broke out between the counter protesters and the neo Nazis, and it seemed to me, and I've read accounts on both sides, from the right and from the left and from the center, um, that there was fighting coming from both sides because both sides showed up with helmets on both sh- sides showed up with shields. Both sh- sides had uh, protective glasses and, and certain other uh, certain weapons. So there was fighting on both sides. And that's what came out today with Donald Trump is he said, or yesterday that it, there was fight fighting on both sides. And for some reason, everybody saying that was him uh, giving, helping out, the neo-nazis I'm not really sure how that is we'll get into it in his speech in a minute but after Mm -hmm. this we have the clashes between the people um there were there were reports that some of the neo-nazis were trying to break into people's homes and the antifa or the anti-fascists stopped them from breaking into people's homes um and uh a lot of the neo-nazis came from out of town they didn't act. They weren't from this city. They came from other states. And one of the people who came from another state was this guy, uh, a- James Alex Fields Jr., who was the person who decided he was going to drive his car through a crowd of counter protesters, killing one, mm-hmm. injuring eighteen. Very very sad. Uh, I don't think this whole thing would have gotten the coverage it did if this had not happened. Because we had the whole Berkeley thing where we had the alt-right going against Antifa or the anti-fascists in Berkeley a few months ago, and that didn't get it as much co- coverage of this, but nobody died. So, uh, I think that is the difference in the, the coverage there. But in a way, Fro, I find the coverage of this, CNN, MSNBC, a little racist in and of itself. Okay. Um... I mean, think about this. You're you're covering. Uh, I don't. I guess you haven't been watching it in the last couple of days, but they have completely stopped talking about this guy, James Alex Fields. I have not seen him in the news in two days. If this was a Muslim man who drove a, drove a car through a protest, we would see his Facebook page. We would see all the stuff he's been talking about in his. Twitter, we'd see all of like, they'd be talking about his background and what his family was like, his connections with this and that. You know what I mean? We see mm. none of that with this white guy.
1: Mm. So yeah, the, the coverage
0: of, of this incident in and of itself is racist. Yeah, Because they're treating him Differently than they would somebody of, of another race, in my in my opinion. But
1: Sadly, sadly that isn't news, though. Like, that well, has happened well, yeah.
0: before. Uh, uh, another so. thing is, a lot of people are like, I can't believe it, there's racists in America! Uh, where oh. have you been, buddy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, how, uh, didn't you see what was going on in the last election? <laughs> or yeah. even before that? Right. Yeah. I mean, I. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, Trump emboldened these people to come out. Uh, And Trump – Trump, I'm, a lot of people are like, Trump did this. This was Trump. Trump did not invent no, no. racism, everybody.
4: Uh, no, he no. may have
0: emboldened them, not but the you know hell. what really started this and really emboldened them was the original protests of the Black Lives Matter protests. These people mm. probably went, oh, wow, we need to get out and do the same thing. They're, it's like – Uh, this guy, James Alex Fields, uh, there was a whole thing, at least during those times where the protesters would take, uh, freeways and stop traffic to show that it was, uh, it was their streets and they need, they needed to make a point that, uh, we're going to shut this, shut the city down if you don't fix the laws that are horrible against, um, Africans, Americans, and other minorities, which we'll talk a lot about in the main topic today, strangely enough, but uh, yep. during that time, I even saw in my Facebook, on, on my Twitter, and th- other things that right-wing people, even ones that I know, people I knew were saying, oh, just run those people over, the pe- the oh. Black Lives Matter people who were blocking the freeways. What if an ambulance hmm. needed to get through? Just run those people over. They're, they could be risking somebody's life. So this guy, I'm guessing, took that cue and did what he saw coming from Twitter, coming from Facebook. Uh, I'm just speculating here, but there's a very good chance that that's where his whole mindset was. Does that make sense, bro? Yeah. It's very sad, but it's something that needs to be talked about and needs to be talked about more. Another thing that's really horrible about this is I think there are, at least in the last few days, right away Saturday, MSNBC and CNN... Figured out a way to tr- to turn this on its head and make it about Trump, which I find horribly, horribly offensive and disrespectful to the woman who died, uh, who was fighting against yeah. racism. Um, Wasn't it three people that died? No. There... Well, the other two, there were two people who died, but they were both um, police officers and they died in a helicopter crash. That it oh. was, they were watching, they were looking over the protests, but the crash had nothing to do with the clashes. Right. I think it was maybe oh, mechanical okay. failure or something like that. I have not actually heard uh, what happened to the helicopter, but it wasn't like somebody was shooting at the helicopter and shot it down or anything like right, that. Right, right.
1: But uh, now that that uh, I want to talk a little about this, because like you said, this is, this is one of the things that annoys me as well. The high hypocrisy of the media coverage i i i find it so incredibly insulting why this man's name hasn't been more in the media to be completely honest with you Luke, this is the first time i heard his name was you telling me his name
0: really yep okay well the day the, the name the mug shot and everything got released CNN and MSNBC played it that night. The next day, I never saw it at all.
1: I'm talking about Norwegian news. Norwegian news has been focused... Of course, they they mentioned this, but it it wasn't even... I I think it was the main segment in that newscast, but it wasn't like this guy did it. Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to be a bigger
0: issue here in America. I bet people in Norway are going, uh, yeah people in America are racist newsflash like what <laughs> yeah. we are we all knew that in the rest of the world yeah but you no know,
1: but and it's it's interesting like like you said if this man was a Muslim this would be such a big deal it would well I mean be this all is, over. Uh,
0: or at least they would be the guy the guy's name would be a bigger deal and we would be seeing oh, yeah, his definitely. background of his Facebook. We'd be seeing all the people he was connected with. They'd be doing all this. Yeah. I see none of yep. that on the news. And like I was saying, I find it disrespectful <sighs> for them to transfer all this stuff onto Trump just so they can get Trump yep. into the news. Because especially after watching our main topic this week, thirteenth, if they really, if CNN and MSNBC were really concerned about racism and not worried about Trump, they'd be talking about the institutional racism that this oh, yeah. lady who died fighting for was, uh, fighting against was the institutional racism and, the racist people who back it. You know what I mean? So but. that's really the one big thing that really pissed me off. Um, a lot of people are going to say, uh, you gotta be on one side or the other. This is a black or white issue, which, okay. Maybe that's not the best way to put it. Um, <laughs> this is a. Uh, uh... This is a this side of the issue or that side of the issue. It's a left yeah. right thing. You know what I mean. You can't. There's no middle ground. Yeah. And the thing about this, especially this specific scenario, there is it. There is no middle ground because there's no ends. There. It's a square. You have a pro. The police mm-hmm. in this situation stood down and just did nothing because they said that the alt right people had mm-hmm. too big of guns. And so that they, they didn't want to intervene because they were afraid that shooting would start happening. So the police decided to just let people beat each other up and let a lady die. Um, so there's that corner, and then you have the left corner, and then you have the whatever neo-Nazi corner. And then in this other corner, you have the whole concept of the actual uh, racism that's happening. And that right. seems to be being left out a lot. Is <laughs> like, that's the thing we should be talking about, and nobody is. So, yeah. Right.
1: It, it is so strange that this falls so good together with our main topic of the night. It's almost a little, like, scary.
0: Right. So I, I, I guess my, my point, so we can wrap this up and then go into the Trump videos. Yes. Um, if you want to fight against racism, don't fight against Trump racism uh, racism has been around a lot longer than Trump and it's institutional it's, it's in our system so you need to get in and work with the system or work against the system to fight against this racism uh, getting Trump out of office not going to get rid of racism everybody
1: I wish it was that easy because that means that in 8 years or 4 years or whatever when he's going to get out there would be no more racism. It's not that easy.
0: Right. This is not a, this is not a one side or the other issue, this thing. And then the other thing, I guess in the square that I didn't mention freedom of speech, there's this thing called freedom of speech. And those people had the right to do it. Uh, the other people had the right to come and talk against it. Once violence gets involved uh, from any side or either side or both sides, whatever, um, that is not freedom of speech anymore and you're going against the idea of freedom of speech completely so but then again what
1: what uh, what uh, what uh, Trump did this week was maybe not the smartest thing either
0: <laughs> i mean hello no okay so we're going to watch a couple videos they're both like 2 minutes long um nope. This happened yesterday. So Saturday, Trump came out and he said that he... He said there, there, uh, there was violence from many sides. And he also said on Saturday that he disavowed any bigotry. So the press got really mad at him because he didn't specifically point out neo-Nazis, white supremacists, or anything like that. Because he was saying there was violence from many sides, but he didn't call out The worst side of it. I mean, let's point this out. Even if there was violence from either, from both places, uh, and they were both just as violent, even if that was happened, I'm not saying that's the case. It may have been, I was not there, but I've read accounts that that may have been the case. Uh, let's say that was the case that both sides equal, equal amount of violence. One side still racist. So that side wins for which one's worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Trump came out with that on Saturday then he came out with like a uh, pre, pre-made pre speech on Monday that somebody obviously wrote for him where he did actually call out the neo-Nazis skinheads and other things. And then during a press conference that was supposed to be about uh, infrastructure, uh, some he was not supposed to answer any questions about anything but infrastructure. This happened. So let's watch this video. Uh, which of the videos is it? The first one or the second we're gonna one? We're going to go first one, then second one. It's the same pre- press conference. They just... Uh, after this part that we're going to watch, there was like a, a part where they started actually talking about infrastructure, and then a lady came in and said, wait, and they started talking about it again. So we'll we'll pause and talk about this video, then watch the next one. It's all the same press conference. Okay. So, yeah.
1: Okay. In three... Two, one, go. Disappointing so uh, to someone. To advisor,
3: McMaster, I it last he called it again, the, to
2: the right, he's, okay, he's talking you about Senator McCain. And he said yeah. you mean he's
0: like McCain. trying to figure out what the hell's going on because he was expecting was a question about infrastructure. And now he she's not talking that about that? So he's like, he's I don't know what to say.
1: These attacks, and he linked that same group to those who perpetrated the attack in Charlottesville.
2: Well I, I don't know. I can't tell you. I'm sure Senator McCain must know what he's talking about. Uh, but when you say the alt right, uh, define alt right to me. You define it. Go ahead. Well I'm saying no, Senator define it for me. Come on, what? Define Senator McCain defined them as the same group. Okay, what about the old left McCain charging you? Excuse me. What about he's now the just alt left arguing with the press? that came charging at the yeah. as you say the alt-right do they have any semblance of guilt this is really what what, let me ask you this what about the fact they came charging that they came charging with clubs in their hands swinging clubs do they have any problem i think they do so, you know as far as i'm concerned that was a horrible horrible day wait a minute i'm not finished I'm not finished, fake news. <laughs> I'm not finished, fake day. news? Fake news. Wow.
3: She loves that wow. term, doesn't
2: she? I, I, will uh. tell you I watch those very closely, much more closely much than more you people. Much more closely than it. you people. And you the have, news. The actual news. Uh, you, you I watch it much more closely on than side than side you. actually you make it, of course. You had a group on like. the other side that was also very violent. <laughs> and nobody wants to say that. But I'll say it right now. You had a group, you had a group on the other side that came charging in without a permit. And they were very oh very they didn't violent. have a permit because wow.
0: we don't have a first amendment right that says
2: permits are bullshit. what you call the alt-left is the same as neo-nazis I, oh, those people all of those people excuse me i've condemned neo-nazis i've condemned many different groups, but not all of those people were neo-nazis, believe me, not all of those people were white supremacists, by any stretch, Uh. those people were also there because they wanted to protest the taking down of a statue Robert E. Lee, so, excuse me, and you take a look at some of the groups and you see, and you know it if you were honest reporters, which in many cases you're not, but many of those (laughs) people were there to protest the taking down of the statue of Robert oh. E. Lee. So, this week it's Robert E. Lee. I noticed that Stonewall Jackson's coming down. I wonder, is it George Washington next week? And is it Thomas oh. Jefferson the week after? Yeah, because you know, you all, you really do have to ask
0: yourself where does this All right, we can stop okay, there. Okay, let's stop there. That. Yeah. yeah, that's where he goes into infrastructure again. But, yeah, like I said, that's what he's going with. His defense of this of Moron. these neo-Nazis is they had a permit, Fro. So the other side didn't have a permit. That ma- That is <sighs> equip- like, again, I'm, I'll repeat my last point uh, that I said earlier. Let's say that violence was equal on both sides, exactly equal, which I'm not saying it is, but let's just hypothetically say that's the case. Um, um. One side has a permit, the, the other side doesn't. But the side that has a permit, uh, they're Nazis, they're neo-Nazis. Still that side is worse. <laughs> you still should be condemning that side more than the other because
1: No No Luke because they had a
0: permit. Oh they had a permit. Alright, well that makes it yes. everything better. Sorry.
1: <laughs> the moral <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. It's t- it's
0: tragic. It
1: is really tragic, but what the fucking moral. Right.
0: Uh, uh, obviously, uh, I think the whole thing here is, and I think a lot of people have said this, but, and we've said it in the past that that part of Trump's voting block is racist people. So if he was to disavow all this, he'd be getting rid of a whole of a whole voting block for, for him in the next election. So I think he's thinking of this in a strategic vote voting matter and not thinking of it in a moral way, which is. Horrible, but he is a businessman, so. All right, let's watch so the, the next second. video. Yes, the second right. one. And this is what? This is just later on, like, somebody asked a question about infrastructure. He talked for, like, five minutes on that. And then the same lady who asked before, right. she's going to come back and be like, all right, let's go back to that topic of the alt-right. So, okay. go, give us countdown.
1: In three, two, one, play. Mr.
4: President, are you putting what you're calling the alt-left and white supremacists on the same moral plane?
2: I'm not putting anybody on a moral plane. What I'm saying is this. You had a group on one side and you had a group on the other, and they came at each other with clubs, and it was vicious, and it was horrible, and it was a horrible thing to watch. But there is another side. There was a group on this this side, side, you you can call them the left, you've just called them the left, that came violently violently attacking the other group. So you can say say what you want, but that's the way it is.
1: On both sides, sir. You said there was hatred, there was violence
2: on both
4: sides. Are, are, well, no, I do I think, think, think there's, there's blame, the biggest... yes.
2: I think there's blame on both sides. You, you, look, at, real you real look at both sides, I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and if you're telling them, them what they room, don't have, a... you would say, <laughs> yeah, kill the person, this, heather hired up. They showed up in Charlottesville Excuse me. to protest. Excuse me. The they, they didn't put themselves stations. down as And you, and you, you had some throw. very bad people in that group. But you, but you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group. Excuse me. Excuse me. I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of to them. So his a very, argument very here is, is that they weren't all the neo-Nazis from because e. <laughs> some of them were just there to well, no, protest the statue. Washington was a slave owner. We'll get and into George that in a Washington, second, a I guess in a minute. So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me? Are we going to take, take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now, we are going to take down his statue? So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them... Absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group, also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the with the black outfits, and with the helmets, and with the baseball bats. You got a, you had a lot of bad, you had a lot of bad people in the other group too. Yeah, no, um,
1: I mean he's doubling down. It's pretty awful what he said. I mean.
0: Uh, like I said, there is plenty of evidence that says both sides had violent people in them. So for him to say both sides were violent is not incorrect. It's just um, not something you would say if you were president when you're dealing with neo-Nazis. Uh, right. Because you're generally just going to automatically decry the neo-Nazis. You're going to say, oh, those people are bad. These people also shouldn't have been violent, but don't, look how bad these people... But that's not what he's saying. He was basically almost saying they were both violent and they're both to blame, which is uh, somewhat the case, but one side is worse than the other. So that needs to be put into consideration, but for him that's not being put into consideration. And another thing is he's, his point here was that some of the people in that group weren't neo-Nazis and they were getting attacked even though they weren't neo-Nazis. Well, they were in a group of people with uh, swastika flags and uh, <laughs> skinheads with uh, you know patches on their vests that were you know neo-Nazi white supremacy pat. Once you see a guy walking through the group you're in with a uh, Nazi swastika flag, you should go. Maybe I'm. If you're not a Nazi, m- maybe I shouldn't be in this group. You know, it shouldn't take a whole day for you to figure that out. Uh so do, yeah I have a I, qu- question for I'm you. just saying if you even if those saw... people were in that group and they weren't neo-Nazis they're kind of guilty by association. All right, go ahead. Rob.
1: Yeah, no, that's my question. If you suddenly saw a Facebook picture of me with a swastika flag, I think you would block um, block me on Facebook pretty fast.
0: <laughs> or ask Right, me, but what if you what well, if there was a picture of you, right? The same scenario. Picture of you. And you were at um, a concert and in the background, in the crowd, there were like seven guys who all had swastika tattoos, were holding Nazi flags in the background. And I went and then I wrote in your Facebook like, uh, oh, my gosh, where are you? Why are those people back there? And you go, oh, I'm just at a concert. Then I would be like. (laughs) Uh, did you not notice in the picture that there were all these Nazis there? That's my point.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, let's move on. We're going to talk a lot about raci- racism a little later. This is going to be one racist show. <laughs> <laughs> See
0: what I did there? We did not plan uh, to cover the 13th. Obviously, we had we had planned covering the 13th months ago. When I came oh, up with it, I think any. I won the last pay per view. I want to say, or two pay per views ago, I picked yeah. this topic, and we'd set it for this week. And this happened, and I watched the thirteenth, the day before this all went down. So for <laughs> me, this was it. Made it even more. Um, I I don't depressing and uh, just I I was very moved uh, in a bad way by this. I It it made me feel very uncomfortable, especially after watching the 13th uh, and, and seeing all the coverage of it, just being like, oh my gosh, this is, this is something that is really bad and we really need to deal with it and it's been pushed under the rug for too long. I even saw somebody on the news say, we really need to put this genie back in its bottle and I say the opposite. I say, there is something positive that came out of this. All these fucking idiots, all these few hundred stupid moron neo-Nazis that didn't wear their hoods, we all know who you are now. You can't run away from yeah, this now. That's a good thing. You're I, on the I internet, we all know who you are. All your The pictures are out there, so no running away from it now. You have to defend yourself. And I think if once they try to defend themselves and they realize they're wrong that's when you can start having an argument with them about trying to get them to believe the opposite, I think. But other people are going to say, no, just go punch them. That's another way to do it. Violence solves everything, right? Uh, Let's move on. Uh, New report
1: raises big questions about last year's DNC hack. A former NSA expert says it wasn't a hack, but a leak uh, inside job. ...by with, by someone with access to the DNC system. This is quite serious.
0: Right, this came out on Friday, I believe. Uh, we talked about this in the past because I had talked about the forensicator on the news a while ago. I was just in passing because it had not actually... Nobody had done the research to confirm this guy's uh, research on the metadata of the DNC emails... This report came out in The Nation that a group of NSA, former NSA experts, so this is a full group of people, it's not one person, they, it's, and they're well-trusted, um, came out and they, did, they took the evidence given to them by Forensicator, which was the evidence from the metadata in the emails. The metadata in the emails said that there would have been no way at that time to, da- the download speed? Uh, there were no, uh, broadband, there was no broadband internet capable of downloading at that speed that it said the data was downloaded in the metadata, uh, anywhere in the world. Not only that, this is the part, this is the clincher fro in the metadata. It said the download happened on the East coast of the United States (laughs) within the East Coast time zone, uh, Mm. which is where the DNC offices are. So they're saying Mm. the only way for this data, the metadata to be there in the emails saying that it was downloaded this quickly would be if they were to use some type of thumb drive or some other external drive directly from the server and that if they did that, it would have happened in the Eastern time zone. This is called real evidence, people. <laughs> this is not a conspiracy theory about Russia. This is actual evidence. Shh. Shh.
4: Don't, don't say it out loud. Right.
0: <laughs> we don't have to go wow. deep into this, but, I mean, we talked about it a lot in the past, and Fro knows how much crap I have gotten for being, being called a conspiracy theorist and this and that. And now when actual <laughs> evidence comes out, nobody on the actual news covers it. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't count how
1: many times I heard that you're a conspiracy guy. Uh, it annoys me every single time I hear it.
0: Even though uh, the Russian thing is the real conspiracy, like we've said in the past. Yes. But yeah, let's continue. Yes. Hey, uh, there were
1: some giant pipes. That uh, washed up on the Norfolk beaches uh, in Algeria, Al- Algeria. No, Norfolk is in yeah.
0: is in England. They were headed. Oh. They were headed for Algeria, Algeria. Okay. And they would be. They were coming from Norway, as far as we could tell. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, between
1: two hundred. To 480 meters.
0: These are huge. And the diameter huge. is massive. Of the, They're taller than a... If you're standing next to the end of it, it's probably two people high. Like two... Oh, yeah. Probably 10 feet, maybe 12 feet wide. Uh, I think some of them are different sizes. So the biggest one... Is, the picture you see down there kind of... Uh, where is it? Like uh, the three, the four guys—they're standing next to the pipe. Yeah. You can see it's like twice as big as the one guy. Um, yeah. That might be one of the bigger, bigger pipes. But I don't know, I don't know how yeah. this happened. And they... Yeah, we don't really know.
1: We don't really know.
0: I guess I mean it's they probably... just floated up after maybe they got lost from these uh, tugboats or whatever they were taking them from one place to another but Maybe. this is something massive to wash up on shore um, and not have anybody be like, oh, this may happen ahead of time. You know what I mean?
1: Right. In uh, other Norwegian news, uh, nuclear concerns nor- Norway want to give iodine tablets to... Iodine. Uh, iodine? Okay. Yeah i'm i'm glad i have you uh uh and uh the presence of nuclear submarines along the coast of norway means an increased risk of accidents according to norwegian authorities i i can i i can agree to that uh And there was this vessel, uh, a 172-meter-long Russian sub, that carried
0: up to 200 nuclear warheads. Right. Plus, it's powered by two nuclear reactors. So, it's got a lot of nuclear material on it. Um, I saw a thing that came out from Japan as well this week, from uh, Fukushima, Some people that were doing research, some Japanese scientists, they were like, we uh, basically can never eat fish again, was what they said. Uh, But uh, I guess these iodine tablets would help if anything did happen for your population. So I don't know if they offer you one fro, or would you take it or no?
1: (sighs) No, I don't. I live so far away from the coasts Right. I, I, I'm. You just avoid fish concerned. or
0: avoid shellfish and, and yeah. call it good. Yeah.
1: I don't eat that much fish anyway.
0: Right. I mean, the one that they mentioned in this, uh, the Russian sub, is just one of many that are going on Norway's coast because it even says both vi- visiting allies and Russian submarines patrolling off the coast. So. That includes Great Britain and the U.S. Uh, nuclear subs, which I guess are also out there. So,
1: then we have this HBO hacker. I, I, I think he needs to get the prize for spoiling the most strange things. Uh, first, spoiler he, of he, the year award. <laughs> spoiler of the year award. Yeah. Uh, first, he he uploaded like. Something really random, was Steve Harvey's like Thunderdome? Never, <laughs> it.
0: Made, it? Oh my <laughs> gosh! The fun- Thunderdome made me cough. Oh my gosh! What? <laughs> yeah, it is called that. I'm not. I'm
1: not kidding with you, Steve Harvey. Okay, you know the man? Yeah, you know that man from? Oh from, yeah, I d- uh... Yeah.
0: I saying why do I the, want to say Hollywood Squares but he was on no. uh Family Family Feud. Fam- he did Family, family feud, feud for a while. Yes. Right. And also saying
1: the incorrect miss universe. Uh but yeah this HBO uh, hacker uh leaked a lot of uh material but then he was Right, asked, we talked about offered. it last
0: week. Right.
1: Yes. Then he was offered a melee, and merely and I I think this it's uh, it's okay to say merely uh, two hundred and fifty thousand. I don't think that's a lot of money, to be honest.
0: Uh, compared to what he wanted, I think he wanted million uh, a million. So yeah, it's yeah. a quarter of what he yeah. wanted.
1: Mm. So this is from Variety, uh, and they uh, they uh, now he leaked. That he got a message from HBO offering him two hundred and fifty thousand.
0: Right. So uh, HBO had said they weren't going to um, a- give, 10. yeah, pay pay the ransom, but then oh. he he leaks out an email from them saying that they did offer offer him money. But I guess this two hundred fifty thousand, they have a deal with white hacker, a uh, white hat hackers, uh, that if they expose problems within their system fro uh, security issues that that's their base fee to pay those people uh, uh when they when they do when they test their like hbo online and things like that so this that is the way sense. they're justifying it is they were just offering him money as if you he, he was exposing uh, a, a flaw in their system right
1: right but
0: that then he sense. releases the email right <laughs> yeah
1: Last but not least, uh, in AI news, we always talk about machines getting cleverer and cleverer. It just seems like it's been in the
0: news a lot lately, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Elon Musk, one billion A.O. startup, made a surprise appearance at the $24 24 million million
0: video game.
1: Yeah, I was like,
0: Twenty-four dollars? Apparently this <laughs> is the largest dollar uh, prize ever in a professional video game tournament. So this is kind of the yeah. biggest video game termen- tournament ever, basically. Twenty-four million dollars I... uh, for the grand prize, yeah.
1: Go ahead. And it was uh, uh, Dota 2. Don't... Please don't ask me what that is. I have
0: no What's clue that? what that okay. game is, but it looks like a... Uh, <laughs> It looks like a Warcraft-type, above, overhead kind of, uh, war simulator kind of game, yeah.
1: Yeah, let's just say that we have no clue. No. we don't...
0: (laughs) Apparently it's fairly complicated because it was one of the main main events of this tournament. So uh, a lot of really high, really big advanced gamers were playing it. So they got the best of these gamers, um... To play against this AI, which came from Elon Musk, which reminds me very much of uh, Deep Blue yeah. playing chess, if you remember that, That's in, like, that. the 90s, yeah, yep. maybe? Yep. 2000s? Yeah. Something like that. No, 90s. It was Yeah, it must have been the 90s, you're right. That was a long time ago. But it, that, it definitely reminds me, it's very re- reminiscent of that, and this AI bot defeated the professional gamer at this game. So I guess
1: that's something,
0: right? I mean, <clears throat> Elon Musk has talked uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. We talked about how he had said that the AI was a danger to humanity. I think now the re- my guess is the reason he did this was to give a small demonstration about uh, how advanced it really is. So just oh, yeah. kind of trying to prove his point, maybe. So I just
1: want the operator system from her. In my ear, that's the only thing I ask. <laughs> oh my for.
0: gosh! Right, that movie made it look like oh, AI is going to be the best thing. There's not going to be any problems with it at all. Nope.
1: <laughs> that operating system would never ever fucking work. But let's let's talk about something else. We have a Facebook page. It's another digital citizen uh, on Facebook. We have a lot of posters, but Michael, oh my god, you should have the award for the best poster on our group. We love you. We yep. respect you. <laughs> Just say that one more time.
0: Uh, we have an Here. email address if you want to go email us for whatever reason. Nah. another digital citizen digitalcitizen at gmail.com. We did not get any emails again, but that's fine. What? Um, I did not post up the, qu- the thing I usually do, but I was so busy this week. It was crazy busy. I was chopping a lot according of firewood because Jer- it's that kind yeah, of time. according
1: according to jeremy the reason why we haven't gotten any emails is because he's busy watching the g1
0: well it's over now, right yeah so maybe so. next week <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 we're talking about uh, something really we- weird next week so hopefully he figure out some oh, way to email about next that next week
1: is one of the weirdest things we have ever talked about but that's next week uh, right. let's hear Tron telling the truth about you can't get everything you want but if you try sometimes you get what you uh,
4: need this is Tron with Trump tells the truth today I started recording this three times three times every time I just stopped the recording reset and started again and I reset it, started again, and I reset it, started again. Because this time I don't have a clue. And but sometimes you have to start if you have a clue. How is it that society who, who say they have more liberals, more progressive powers, don't have any powers whatsoever? Ask yourself that. And now you have to ask yourself what I always have been asking you in a lot of segments how much are you willing to take and how much are you willing to give because if you're gonna win some victories you can always have everything you cannot get everything if you think the pos- po- opposite of a bad is totally good you misunderstood how politics works you cannot get everything you cannot get everything perfect in a relationship you cannot get a perfect family you cannot get utopia anywhere I have said that so many times I'm trying to tell us the truth but still you don't understand it but again and again and again liberals and progressive go, oh if you don't get our dream at once we will not have anything and we it's not our fault it's everyone else's fault stop whining because politics and power comes with some suffering yes I've been in politics for about 20 years and I had to compromise a lot not everything was great to compromise sometimes I didn't want to compromise but at some level I have to decide one thing should I get something done or should I will just nothing gone and just feel good inside I said it so many times I said it again and again and I've been writing about it, but still I see the same bullshit. Now you have to wake up, because not no more processes in in the streets. The daily work in politics is compromise and is boring. Believe me, if you sit down and read political papers, when you have a whole office or opposition in local or national politics, It's a lot of boring shit. But that is fighting for society. It's not slogans. It's not battle cries. It's not Bernie Sanders. It's boring everyday work that media don't give a shit about. But you know have to be done because it is important. Because all the little shitty things in society every day who is important. That's what you liberals and progressive have to do. And that's what you have to sacrifice. The conservatives had to understand that. And that's why they're winning. Winning, winning, and winning. And they're winning. Not because they have the majority. They have... They're winning because you don't give a fuck and you have a head straight up your fucking asshole. This is what Trump, Trump tells the truth. Have a nice evening.
1: Time for a TV round. Uh I need to uh, um, uh I done some stupid mistakes uh not the last time but we had a main topic where we talk about uh everything like shows everyone they hate but we love. Right, 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 For right, yeah. some strange reason, the top of my list wasn't Eurovision. I thought about that today. Why didn't why wasn't Eurovision my number one? It should be my number one. Everybody I guess it probably should be, do. shouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm changing my lists to where Eurovision is number one.
0: That's strange because uh, this week on Box Mac there was a Eurovision reference, which Fro loves Box. Really? Yeah, I was watching Boxmac yes. on Sunday and they made a Eurovision reference. It was basically saying <laughs> Eurovision is a song contest in Europe that none of us Americans know anything about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you m- know more and more every year, right? You yeah. personally. So, I guess I guess like even though that you don't like it and oh my gosh you hate it, uh, I guess you you know more of Eurovision than you did like three years ago. It is what so. it it is
0: what. It, it is as far as a song contest you know what i mean like it if 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 i was to rate all the song contests as far as like american idol uh the voice and like put them in like Uh, in a list it would probably be the you know this it's the wrestlemania of song contests so i'll give it that oh
1: definitely oh yeah i i agree uh, I am going to start this week because I watched a lot of strange things. Uh, have you seen the new gong show?
0: No, I have not. I didn't know it existed. Uh,
1: they have started the gong show 2017. and I I, I just love it. I like, I love the old gong show. So, I actually love the new, new one. Uh, there's a lot of good comics on it. Uh... Jennifer Aniston was on the last one, I, I, but it was one of the most hilarious ones, because Jack Black was on it, and he gonged almost everything. Oh, okay. Uh, but, it, uh, yeah, yes. Uh, also, I started watching a new show called The Murder of Lacey Peterson. Peterson, sorry. Lacey Peterson.
0: That uh, name sounds familiar, uh,
1: but... Hmm. Uh, yeah, her husband was committed for her mother and uh, murder, sorry, her mother, Uh, her murder and is on death row. It's one of the most most infamous uh, murder trials after O.J. Simpson, actually. I don't remember his name, but uh, he's pretty famous. And they are talking about what if he didn't do it. So it's kind of a, it's a cross between because it, it's kind of so open because they interview a lot of people in uh, in this show that actually thinks he did it, but they right. are kind of doing it. Yeah, so it's a true crime thing. Uh, then we had the season for my, for my, for my, for my, oh. finale, finale, finale. Oh, Orphan Back, and I have to ask you, what did you think about the season finale and the finale finale of Orphan Back?
0: Black. Right, the series finale is what we call it. Yep. Um. Alright, I've watched this from the beginning. I started watching it in the first season when the first season was originally on. So I've watched this every... I didn't like binge watch it or anything. I watched every episode when it came out i really loved the first season enough to like go out and recommend it to pretty much everybody i knew
1: fantastic this yes. ending
0: was awful
1: it's horrendous it's it had, had
0: nothing to do with the whole plot line <laughs> of what the show was originally supposed to be about
1: yeah no it, and, is it the wor- is it worse ending of this um, the ending of Lust?
0: Um, that's hard to say because the writing on Lost was also just, I think, was worse. Where this actually, they wrote it to a to a to a finale where there actually was an ending. Where Lost, like, it was like I left nice. up in the air. You can decide what you want the ending to be, which that was worse. So I would say this Fine. is better than Lost, but <clears throat> um, the the point of the show was originally, you know, why are there all these clones? That was not the resolution of the whole show. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Um, and then the basically relax, relax, people. We're not going to spoil. No, I won't spoil anything. But the main people who were the main uh, antagonists throughout the whole series, they, the very in the you know this finale, they get killed off so easily. There's no like. (laughs) Jason part where, like, he dies, but then he, like, his hand comes back up and grabs the... It it was like the guy was doing his thing and then died and then done. And then they move on to, like, something completely different, even though that was, like, the (sighs) point of the whole show. To them, that wasn't the whole point of the show because they wanted it to be about something completely different. So they decided to make the ending about something totally different than what the show originally was... Uh, in my opinion, supposed to be uh, headed towards. What do you think, Fro? This
1: this this whole last season is a big fuck you to people that loves this show. And I, I, I mean that with all sincerity and niceness. I'm trying to
0: think back on this season and think of anything I liked from it. Yeah, no.
1: This is such a big F you that's
0: I'm amazed that I watched this
1: season because like and and we're not kidding here like you if you don't see this season but all uh this was the fifth season if you see all like the four seasons before this, they are tremendous, they are fantastic they are amazing seasons. Just stop it after season four <laughs> don't see season five at all.
0: I don't know who wrote this, but they didn't... It was like they didn't see the other seasons at all. they, like, got the gist of it from somebody. Like, uh, they were hanging around the water cooler at work, and every day one of their (laughs) friends would tell them about Orphan Black. And they were like... Then they got a writing contract for the final season. That's what it was like.
1: Uh, (laughs) That's exactly how it is. Like, someone told someone... That told someone, that told them what the plot Storyline of Warp and Black West. That's how it felt like. Totally. (laughs) The Whisper Game of season finales.
0: (laughs) There definitely was some weird propaganda happening in it, too. Like, (laughs) that was, like, unnecessary and also had nothing to do with the storyline of the show.
1: So tremendously much.
0: Oh, this season. Oh, oh. What else have you watched? I didn't watch a lot this week, uh, besides all the Big Brother that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did yesterday see the first episode of Get Shorty, which is a TV oh, show based no. off of the movie Get Shorty.
1: Oh, no. I heard this is pretty awful.
0: Really? I liked it. Oh, mm. I thought it was pretty good. For the first episode, I was like... Seem uh, I'll continue to watch it, so. Uh,
1: I, I forgot I, just two sentences about it. I forgot that I watched uh, Mr. Mercedes. This is the season, uh, the first episode of Mr. Ms. Mercedes. It's a Stephen King uh, TV show, and it is awesome. It's fantastic. Oh, sorry right. Mr. Mercedes, yeah.
0: What else did you watch? Uh, well, let me finish my thing. Like I, said, I was yep. saying, <laughs> uh, Get Shorty was... it The first episode, I think, it was maybe a double. I'm not sure, but it was a little over an hour long. Um, okay. And overall, the, story, the storytelling is really well done. The acting is really well done. Cinematography is really well done. I'm not really sure where you saw people saying that they didn't like it, but to me... It was on the level of a lot of the good shows that have been coming out uh, in the last year, which I think we've just gotten so much good TV this year, it's going to be hard for us to do our top five lists of best TV of this oh. year at the end of the year because Ooh. this year has been packed with a good TV, and I would put it on that list. So, I don't know. You'll have to send me, after we get done with the show, uh, the people that said it was bad because I, I just saw it yesterday, but I enjoyed it all the way through. So that's just oh, no, my opinion.
1: I just I just heard it from a friend of mine that he didn't like it because i I was pretty interested oh, okay. in watching it uh because I actually, I'm one of those few that actually like the movie
0: I don't even remember the movie so maybe that helps yeah. me uh enjoy it
1: i I actually enjoyed it I Shattered would recommend and
0: going and checking out at least the first episode fro and kay. I bet you'll be pleasantly surprised but we will see
1: Well, now we are getting uh, into uh, the most interesting part of the show. Uh, This is going to be a pretty interesting discussion because, holy shit, what a good documentary. We are going to talk about uh, 13th. Uh, I saw this for the second time. I'm going to be the devil's uh, advocate and... Point out some small things that I didn't like about the documentary because I watched it now twice, and all the leaning towards walls in this movie towards can what? be a little towards walls. Walls? 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 Like behind you?
0: You you have your roof, then you have walls. Oh, walls. Okay, sorry. Yes. I, I still don't understand. Well, leaning towards walls. What does that mean? There's
1: a lot of leaning towards walls in this uh, documentary. There's a lot of people being shot uh, a little too far away.
0: Oh, <laughs> so yeah. They, I, they found these very um, interesting New York buildings to shoot people in. Yep. You didn't like yep. the set design is what you're saying.
1: The set design on this documentary is pretty
0: awful. I didn't mind it. I Just standard documentary stuff to me. <laughs> I know, but like... To me it I was like they're see... shooting an interview and they just found yeah. an interesting location to shoot it in.
1: But we have one, one for example, like he sits on one of those, I think, to warm up the buildings instead of a chair. Right, like except it's in things... like an
0: old building that looks like maybe... It's been condemned, or it's been broken down. Right, like, right. Obviously, nobody's living in there anymore because there's exposed brick and like. Uh, yeah, I know the guy you're talking about. Even.
1: So so I mean I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate and saying that that is maybe the most annoying thing about the documentary.
0: Which is saying very little because most people's not most people will not even notice that at all, and not everybody is in in that kind of scene, In that kind of scene, there are some people right. that are. Um, uh, okay. It was obviously a stylistic choice by the director, but some right. people like the first person we see in this uh, documentary is actually Van Jones. Remember, we yeah. did that video um, in the news Long a while back, and fro you were yeah. like, "Oh, this guy's pretty cool. I'd never heard of this guy." Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, before that, I think you had seen the documentary, so you just forgot that this guy was in it, but, I mean, he, no, he no, was no. through I, the... I, I
1: saw the documentary after.
0: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember what the timeline on that would have been, but he's pretty predominant in here, and I think he makes a lot of good points, uh, and there are a lot of other people, but I think Van Jones was kind of one of the more predominant speakers in the whole film, would you not say? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: So, uh, what is this movie about? Uh, well, let me go into what I thought of the film before we go into okay. that. But um, Sure. I thought it was pretty perfect as far as the documentary goes. Uh, as far fun. as, like, a standard cut-and-paste documentary. Like, you yeah, put in really. a topic, do the interviews, get yep. the background information, throw it in there, yep. and it had the... It had the topic of the 13th amendment and it did it can it played with the idea of it in a very interesting way and the thing i really so liked about this music. that i was super worried about as far as a uh, documentary goes and the filmmaker being biased one way or another i felt that this documentary was extremely unbiased because oh, you they did trump bashing and calling him a racist but they also pointed out the clintons And all the racist stuff they've done as well. So it never it 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 points out that uh, it's not necessarily one side or another. Like I said earlier in the podcast, there's a systematic issue of racism, and I think they did a great job of pointing that out. So yeah, let's go into. Oh, go ahead. So
1: much good music, so much good music, so tremendously, and how they integrate the music parts with the tech.
0: Right, they pick pick songs that had specific meaning and were talking about this specific issue and then put the text on the screen, which uh, the text on the screen was a little YouTube. It It was a little bit YouTube for me. It It was a little bit YouTube. Uh, Yeah, you can like it. I'm just saying I like YouTube, but I'm just saying (laughs) it's a little bit YouTube. It's not necessarily something you would do if you were a... Really high-paid filmmaker would be to think, oh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do uh, one of those YouTube uh, videos where you just take a song and all the words pop up. You know, it that it was a little bit that, but it also integrated into the film really well because the songs were about the topic. So, out of ten, what would you give this movie? Uh, solid nine.
1: Yeah. I'm giving it a nine as
0: well. You know, I wh- I would have given it a ten if it would have strayed a little bit away from the standard documentary format. It it really yeah. was a cut cut and dry. Um, you could get out of if there was like a forum that said here's how you create a documentary, and then you could plug things in and just pick a topic. It did it was <laughs> it followed a formula, but it yeah. did a good job of. Um, it, it's an interest. It's interesting enough, uh, subject subject matter that that formula works, I guess, because the subject matter is so interesting.
1: I totally agree.
0: So, what is this movie about, Luke? Right, like I said, this is when you boil it down, it's really about the Thirteenth Amendment, which was the amendment we passed to give rights to slaves, um, and. In that bill, there is a subsection, or there is a part of it that says, "Unless you are have been convicted of a crime, and then you can be used as human, uh, as basic slavery, we'll say." Um, oh yeah, definitely. And people over time, it shows starts out with uh, the Jim Crow laws, moves into the drug, uh, the war on drugs. And moves into the Clinton era, and shows that over time people have exploited this one uh, part of the Thirteenth Amendment.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's also—it's so hard for me to talk to talk about this as a white man. As a white man, I have. In a privileged situation, where I am in Norway, where the crime right. is low, 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 low. One every third, one of a third man of a black man will be incarcerated during his lifetime, and it was like one in twenty for for white people. That is the statistic that was kind of. What are you talking about? Like, one in a third? And one in a twenty? Why... And why it was like that? It is so... Incredibly hard for me to understand how black people live with this... Right. Every single day.
0: um, I'm not going to downplay it, but... uh, As far as... Because this documentary definitely focuses on uh the African American community. So that's mm-hmm. definitely where it comes from, but as far as the 13th amendment and using people for prison labor, uh it doesn't it, it ske it definitely skews African American, Hispanic and and minority, <clears throat> but it that it does not um necessarily I would say a lo- it even uh moves along uh, not cultural, but maybe um, monetary uh, lines where um, even people of poor white backgrounds do get put into this prison system and end up that way because they don't have the money to get lawyers, because they don't have the money to get pay bail and things like that. Um, so it this same thing affects white people. Uh, specifically poor white people, in the same way that it affects uh, African Americans and Hispanics, uh, but it just doesn't affect them in the same amount of numbers, if that makes sense. Because probably, I would say, the police pay more attention to those communities to do it, which in and of itself is inherently racist.
1: And that is where where I feel like this documentary told a good tale. It's showing how racist the war on drugs, how racist uh, every like thing that it, it has to do with the Thirteenth Amendment is used. Like you said, yes, it, it is. It is used towards a poor white. Uh, People, but uh, one in 20 and one in a third is pretty there's a pretty big uh, spike between oh yeah for sure to, to but
0: when you were saying earlier that you felt weird about it talking about it as uh, as a privileged white man which I am as well right I mean I'm I would I'm not rich in any respect so if I was to be I put know. in the prison system in the same way they were I would be just as screwed but you need to think about it in this way: If they can do it to those people, when how long until they need more resour- resources and they start doing it to me? Um, right. And then you, when you think about it that way, dealing with that problem is is just a big a deal to me because it doesn't affect me now, but that does not mean it can't affect me in the future. Right.
1: Now, because and and uh. That's one of the things that I, I did not know about Thirteenth Amendment. Like I I, I I was not informed about this as much as I, I was before, uh, After uh, watching this documentary, now I watched twice. So I, I feel like I I know more things about it, and I it 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 amazes me about the Jim Crow laws. So, could you explain me? Uh, And to the uh, listeners that don't know, what is the Jim Crow laws?
0: What's a simple way to put this? Um, Well, it it mandated segregation of schools and public places, things like that. Uh, So segregation of bathrooms, uh, restaurants, drinking fountains. Basically everything that the civil rights movement fought against uh, were the Jim Crow laws. So, I guess that's an easy way. I mean, there's, it's it's much more complicated than that. But we don't want yeah. to sit here and talk about it for 40 minutes. So, uh, that's the easy way to put it.
1: Was kind of a sudden problem more than a United States problem? I'm not sure if that's uh, no. true or
0: not. I, yeah, I, Yeah. no. I, I, I've seen pictures of Portland, Oregon. Uh, in, in the late 50s, early 60s, there was a... I believe it was a chicken restaurant, and the whole restaurant was a giant um, African American person's head that was very uh, racist, uh, racistly drawn. We'll say, and it was only yeah. it only allowed white people in it. So even in up here, which is northwest, uh, that was those yeah. kind of things were happening. Uh, we we want to pretend sometimes that like after the Civil War, it was the South versus the North. The North won. The North was just. Full, there were no racists in the North, and the South was all racist, but really, racists are everywhere. So, uh, I think that's a lot of the thing that people are um, now, are, uh, it, with this whole thing in the last uh, from Charlottesville, people going, I can't believe that the racists in the South, the racists are rising up, they're going to, uh, they're returning. Well, really, they never went anywhere, they just have been... Uh, hiding since whatever the Looming. late 60s yeah
1: yeah now, and uh, also like uh, going into uh, Nixon like oh my god what a tremendous like okay we we could talk two seconds about watergate Watergate was kind of eh, I mean it was a scandal I understand why he he needed to go. But what a racist
0: bigot Nixon was! Oh yeah, I mean if all. if you've heard any of the racist, just go on YouTube and uh, type uh, Watergate tapes, race, Nixon, uh, Nixon racist. There, he says a lot of racist shit right in there, but he never expected anybody to hear those tapes. So him talking, um, him talking to the public, it's kind of veiled racism. It's kind of like how Trump does it, where it's like coded racism. But in his private life, he was very racist, for sure. And I've got uh, they put they had this quote in the documentary, and I thought it was probably the most important quote of maybe the whole documentary. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll read it, and then you tell me if you agree, Fro. But it was from a guy named John Elrickman, who was counsel and assistant for President Nixon. And he says, Yeah, this, 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 I, I remember. Yes. Okay. I totally agree already. And he, he's talking yeah. about the war on drugs and uh, Nixon starting yep. the war on drugs. And he says, you want to know what this was really all about. Nixon had two enemies, the anti-war left meaning hippies at the time and black people. We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but by getting the public to associate hippies with marijuana and black people with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily We could disrupt those communities. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. That was from a person who was very close and in the Nixon administration saying, the war on drugs was never about drugs. It has always been about racism and oppressing the anti-war left, keeping the cycle of uh, the wars going. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary shit but when you think about it and you think about this day it. and age and how many wars we're still perpetrating. And if you come out against those wars, sometimes you're even called a racist. Uh, if you're, if I was to say, I don't want to go to war with Russia. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's still happening even now we still have a war on drugs and the war on drugs is still racist. And it's part, we've talked about it in the past with prison populations and how, um, that's where a lot of these African American men specifically, that's why they're being locked up is for small drug offenses. And then they can't, they don't have, they can't afford a good, good lawyer or whatever. Or they, they talked a lot about in this documentary about how people will just take the plea bargain because if they were to go to court, number one, they can't afford to go to court. Number two, there's a chance that the prison sentence would be just astronomically larger if they didn't plead guilty. So they just plead guilty even though they're not guilty. And then you that's why uh, so many people go in there for little tiny things that really aren't a big deal. They end up in prison for years and years and years and then are used for manual labor, which is called slavery. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you're not
1: in the Norwegian system, and I'm not joking by the way. In the Norwegian system, you get paid for working inside the prison.
0: Uh, yeah, you get paid here, in but it's like cents an hour. It's like you get paid like 12, 13 cents an hour. So slave oh, it's, wages. It's yeah. better
1: pay there. yeah. No, 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 no. Here, 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 you're, uh, you, you, you are earning. More than uh, some other people, like minimal. uh, uh, Go ahead. No minimal uh, payment is high on a high, uh, uh, what do you call it, class here in Norway. So prisoners are actually making a lot.
0: Which is actually a a good idea when you think about it in the long run. If you have a um, a prisoner and they maybe. Maybe they went in there for stealing, let's say they went in there for robbing uh, a convenience store so that they could get money, so that they could buy food for their family, maybe. Maybe they bought it for drugs, but let's say they bought it for feeding their family. And then you put them in prison, you don't pay them anything, they get back out, they still have to feed their family, what do you think they're going to do? They can't get a job now, because they're a felon, uh they're just going to go back out and rob more people. But if you give them a way to make money in prison and they come out and they have resources, they're going to figure out a way to not have to steal things and not have to go back to prison. But that's not the way our system is built. Like your system is. Our system is built to keep people coming back in the prisons because like they said in this documentary, private prison, they actually have deals with, um, states where they have to have a certain number of prisoners so cops are locking people up so that the state doesn't get sued by the private pr- private prison companies, which that is the most corrupt, horrible thing ever when you think about it. Like this is the kind of racism, yeah. the systematic racism, I'm talking about that we really need to be fighting against. Uh, not that fighting whatever neo Nazis is not um, is not important, which it is. But there's, like I said this is the systematic racism is so much more prevalent it is so so much more of a bigger problem it's something that we need to be more focused on and less focused on a couple hundred fucking idiots from the south yeah
1: <laughs> amen brother
0: amen yeah and then
1: then the movie also uh, changed to uh, the current jails uh, uh, statistic. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see the boom of the jail statistic uh, during this documentary because they they show it's in the forties, in the fifties, like sixties. It is really, really, really low, uh, and then suddenly, when Nixon introduces this uh, drug war, it shoots up and now, and I can't believe I, I said it. How how much was it? A third.
0: Um,
4: of
0: the I think the current statistics. So, like, uh, I think the most recent ones that I could find for were from right. two thousand thirteen. So, still a number of years ago. Uh, two point two million total federal prisoners.
1: Two point two million. Right, that is ludicrous.
0: That doesn't include state prisoners, which is one point two million. So let's put it together. That's three point three point five million 3? if we round up. Yeah.
1: 3.5, five. Yes. Uh, I'm going to check for you, uh, Norway. <laughs> uh, right. We Good have point. a yeah. population. We have a population of 5.3 million in Norway, so that is
0: approximately half the population of Norway. Right, it, uh, which is insane. Right,
1: <laughs> that is insane. Like small countries
0: have less population
3: then
1: than our you prison have in population. Prison. Yeah. Yep.
0: And we're as. As far as we, um, we call ourselves the land of the free and we have more incarcerated people than any country in the, in the world. So, uh, that's just not really a talking point <laughs> that you should be bringing up is that we're the land of the free or that, you know what? I think Muslims just hate us for our freedom. Oh, really? Do they? Because we're the least free country in the world. Hmm. <laughs>
1: It is so incredibly sad to see that statistic. And I, I, I really, really, really think that statistic will grow. Because, as they say in the movie, people make money by getting people in jail. It's the number one thing that you earn money in the United States now after oil. <laughs> and war is having right. people
0: in jail. <clears throat> and it's know. not just the private prisons that make the money. It's the companies no, no. that no, no. serve the food to the prisoners. Yep. It's the laundry companies that wash the sheets and the yep. clothes that, for the prisoners. It's the uh, prison uh, staff. There's, there is a lot that goes into those economies. Um, I guess this is a good place for me to put put this, but I a couple of years ago, they tried to build a massive prison uh, two blocks away from where I went to high school. Like, you okay. could go from the high school, walk like two or three blocks, and that's where the prison would be. Um, because there was this big, unused plot of land. And the small um, local prisons were comp- are completely booked. And the reason they're completely booked is that uh, the state prison is completely packed. So they would, if they don't have any room in the state prison, they send them to the smaller little prisons that are in cities. So the little city prison right. got so packed here, or where I went to high school, I mean, um, that they decided, oh, we need to build another prison because uh, the private prison companies are forcing us to keep this amount of prisoners. If we don't have that amount of prisoners, we're going to get sued. So if we build another prisoner, then we'll have a place to put all these extra prisoners we're uh, arresting. Uh, Because we don't have room for them now. And so I fought tooth and nail against this. And they did not actually end up uh, doing it. Because they tried to pass it without anybody noticing. They did a uh, city council meeting without notifying anybody about it. But somebody did find out. Uh, They went there and saw what was happening. And then the next city council, it was packed with people. Going, no, you are not building a fucking prison two blocks away from the high school. Yeah. But to the cities, it doesn't matter. It's all, and to the private prison companies, it's all about money. It's all about, oh, we don't want to lose money. And one of the arguments from the side that wanted to build the prison in the city was that, look, um, it's going to create jobs for people in, in our city. That was their argument, uh, pro building a new prison. (sighs) <sighs> yeah. Uh, maybe build, maybe fix the roads and the bridges, and that would also create <laughs> jobs. But uh,
1: no, let let make more prison. So, Luke, what is your final thoughts about all this we talked about?
0: Oh my gosh, we're already like through this. I, let's go back. Uh, we missed, you know what we missed? Bill Clinton. Okay. That was the one thing we yes. missed. Yes. Bill Clinton. Yes. Let's, really important to this documentary. Real. Yeah. Um, yes. Let's look about it. After the Nixon laws, uh, Nixon drug war, which uh, went through all the way through the eighties. And uh, I imagine I, I'm not all the way through it, but I watched two episodes of um, what's the show? Why can I not remember the name of it right now? Uh, Snowfall, last night. Ah. uh, Which is all about the drug drug epidemic in uh, South Central Los Angeles and how the CIA was involved in importing cocaine, which was turned into crack. Um, After that whole thing happened, uh, the Democrats went, how are we still losing to these people? So, (laughs) Bill Clinton came in and basically ran on Republican talking points as a Democrat yeah. and then won the presidency because he was saying he was going to be tough on crime. And even in the last few years, Bill Clinton has gone back and said that he, when, he wrote a thing called the 94 Crime Bill, which caused a huge boom in the prison population because it was part of what privatized the prison population, uh, the privatized the prisons and made this system where they're making money off of it. So really, Bill Clinton was a huge... It, uh, huge, uh, tr- uh, uh, He was a huge problem as far as creating a scenario that created the the huge prison population we have today. And he's gone back and said that if he had to do it again, he wouldn't. But that was when his wife was running for president. So he's going to say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but le- anything else on Bill Clinton, I guess? I guess my, my point is they did a good job in this documentary showing... It wasn't just the Nixons and the Reagans uh, that did this. Uh, Bill Clinton was no, right there doing I mean, it, and Hillary Clinton was right behind yeah. him saying, that's a good idea. This is the same time where yep. Hillary Clinton was using terms like super predators, which I guarantee you hurt her chances of getting elected. Uh, if anybody really wants to know why Hillary didn't get elected, go watch this movie. Um, you're going to f- realize why a whole segment of population hates Hillary Clinton. Is because of the things she did in the nineties. So,
1: but back to our thoughts all all over. Right. This is a uh, this is a big thing. This is a big topic. It's it's hard to cut the conversation here.
0: No, there's <laughs> so much talk- more to talk about. Yeah,
1: we could talk about this for hours. Uh, uh, but uh, what are your thoughts about this altogether? I guess
0: my final thought really um what i'm kind of looking at my notes here and what i really how i really want to like wrap this all up is that people need to realize that social issues like racism like race or like um wealth in certain communities as opposed to other communities social issues and economic issues which is you know they go hand in hand you can't say you can't um, demonize some uh, certain population uh, because they're poor and then have it be that they also all happen to be this certain race and say that those two things are not connected. Um, There is an inherent, like I said, there is an inherent racism within the system that creates this, that creates uh, certain segments being poor and those poor, poor uh, neighborhoods and stuff they're going to have less social grace because they know that the whole system is against them so they're not going to be as socially active and they're not going to vote for somebody like a Hillary Clinton who is uh never stood up for them in her whole life or or anybody mm. else uh, so yeah i i think you know, that's the real thing to realize is that you can't just focus on it as a social issue and you can't just focus on on an e- as an economic issue because those two things are intertwined and if you mm. just say um if you just say one or the other you're you're getting rid of the whole you're getting rid of the whole and you're just focusing on one side of it and that's not it's not going to help anybody i guess
1: i could not agree more there, there, there's something said when uh, this documentary made me cry. I, I don't cry usually because I watch documentaries. There's something said when you feel so incredibly sad because there's a system. There's a them behind a racist propaganda that was made years ago there's a system in the U- United States of America behind corporations that works like we talked about on uh, racist propaganda on uh, white what they would call trash people There, there, there is something going on
0: and hippies. I think we'll add hippies to that white thing because, uh, it even said in that quote that it was black people and hippies. Those are the people they didn't like. That's why they started the drug war. And before, I mean, in Oregon now, marijuana is legal, but before I know so many people I grew up with that went to jail just for marijuana and Mm. it is ridiculous the amount of time some of them spent in jail and they came out and they were a different person. And yeah, it's, it's a systematic thing. Yeah.
1: And I, I feel so incredibly lost in it because I can't, I can't do or it feels like I can't do anything about helpless. it. helpless. You feel helpless there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel incredibly helpless. And uh, and that's because there's a system behind this this thing. There's a system going on. People are making money off this. People that are behind the laws have no reason to change it because they are making money on this.
0: Right. The rich, powerful oh. people are the ones that are creating this systematic racism. It's not the poor, moron... Uh whatever, neo-Nazi racists. They're not the ones that are creating these laws. They're just morons who are follow- who they're followers. You know what I mean? Uh, it's yep. big corporations Sheep. and politicians that are creating these system- systematic uh, problems.
1: On that note, have you seen a movie this week other than this movie?
0: Um, I watched uh, Beetlejuice again because we made it our main topic and I had it I've been wanting to watch it so I watched it um
1: it wasn't our main topic it was our
0: winner of it was the winner of our favorite movie ever in our main topic right 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 right. Um, but I have it on DVD but I had to pull it out of like a box somewhere because I haven't watched (laughs) like I I have two big giant boxes of DVDs but I never watch them anymore
1: yeah Yeah. I haven't watched DVDs in years (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in literally years yeah, yeah, what it totally holds it? up though
0: as far as it's yeah. still hilarious still very cool. um what's the st- stylistically it's very cool uh, as far as the tim burton stuff and uh it's still a little scary it's still got a little scary going on so cool
1: uh i watched uh, mission impossible uh one and two uh, because i have <laughs> I, I I was going through, like, what movies have I seen? Uh, I have n- actually not seen Mission Impossible 3, the next movie that I have on my list because I'm watching all the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, so I, I haven't seen Mission Impossible 3 or 4 or 5.
0: So. Uh, I remember Mission Impossible 4 being awful, but right. I saw 1, 2, I think I saw 4, I don't think I saw 3 or 5, so, if you're gonna watch, if you're yeah. continuing, I guess, is my point. Oh yeah,
1: I am continuing, so that's the movies I've seen this week, I also uh, saw Collateral with my dad, uh, that hadn't watched Collateral, uh, oh, by, by the way, it's my birth. It's my dad's birthday today. Happy birthday, dad.
0: Yep, happy birthday, Thor.
1: Yep. I know he's listening. He's in Denmark right now, actually. Uh, Oh. Yeah, for his... He wanted to have a trip to Denmark, so he ordered a trip on his... on his uh, birthday.
0: I don't know why that reminded me of this, but the HBO hacker we talked about in the news... I didn't mention this, but today a story came out that said HBO accidentally released an episode of Game Game of Thrones early on the HBO On Demand. They did it on accident. Just pointing that out. Okay, continue.
1: Well, we're going to uh, see the trailer for the movie I really, really, really want to call The Glass House. Uh, The Glass Castle.
2: Rich city folk
0: live in fancy apartments.
1: Okay. But
0: that's not the city.
2: So polluted, well, they that... can't even see the stars.
1: Oh, that's snow.
0: That
2: and now we're in a, a desert trade that's
3: Woody This Dr. Taylor said we should go to real school.
0: I like Woody here. Does... Yeah, I I like woody
1: they sometimes but... why does this hey, remind this me of really little Miss kids? Sunshine
0: uh yeah the style style of camera work like is a very it's kind of simple yeah? yeah
1: don't you agree okay. yeah it should your sense of uh,
0: that that little cabin's kinda cool.
1: I wonder where they found that for this. The kids are tired of moving to a new town every time you lose a job.
2: You know, all this running around is only temporary. We just need perfect locations.
1: I'm not sure I like that here though. That's
0: here looks kind of goofy, I don't know. This place doesn't have any running water or less. Uh apparently it's based off a book. So maybe they were just going off of what it said in the book. My parents are squatting in an abandoned building on the Lower East Side. Oh, so the glass castle, they're rebuilding this house. I get it. So that's what the glass castle thing is all
1: about. We ain't like other people. We got a fire
0: burning. Oh, it's based off memoirs. So this is an actually a real person. That's why he has to look that way. That makes sense. He does look a little strange with that hair. He looks a little goofy right up there.
2: I didn't think bad happened to you, but I can't let you cling to the side, your whole life just
0: could This thing's looking like Oscar bait, isn't it, bro? You yeah. Angry, it
1: it. It is so yeah! It smells Oscar bait. A lot. Aubrey, Lars, Miss, and Exa. Woody Harolds. And they're pointing out their
0: okay, Academy um, Award
1: not yeah, nominated I yet.
2: Yep. fight me. Oscar!
0: It
1: smells a little like Oscar. So,
0: what is this movie all
1: about?
0: Uh, yeah, the Glass Castle, based on the memoirs. Oh, based on memoirs, four siblings must learn to take care of themselves as their responsible, uh, responsibility, uh, free, uh, oh, responsibility-free, free free spirit parents both inspire and inhibit them. When sober. The children, children's brilliant and charismatic father captures their imagination, teaching them physics, geology, and how to embrace embrace life fearlessly. So it's about Jesus. how this guy's a drunk, I guess, and but when he's sober, he's actually a really nice guy. Huh. Oscar. Uh, seven point <laughs> one out of ten on IMDb. So yeah, it, not high, but it's it's you know they're on the good side. And 49% on Rotten Tomatoes, so barely on the on the low side on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, with the audience
1: score of 79%, I like to say that. I know you don't care, but...
0: Eh, whatever. I, if, if you want to say yeah. it, it's all good. Somebody out there might care. <laughs> but that's actually pretty close to the IMDb, which is 7.1, so that makes sense.
1: What? Where have I gotten my review, asked? I can hear you asking me that
0: where did you get your review fro?
1: Oh, it's almost like I prompted you
0: you got e s p or something because <laughs> you could just you knew I was gonna say it in the future, so
1: yeah, <laughs> ooh,
0: you have that new future uh, app on your phone where you turn it on it shows you the future. <laughs>
1: I got this from uh, the Rotten Tomatoes page. and It's our favorite reviewer. It's Epic Lady Sponge to Adventure. Because she, he has seen it. I think it's a lady. Because Epic Lady Sponge. So that's why I'm using she.
0: Yeah, but maybe it's a guy and he's talking about that he's the sponge to the ladies. Mmm. Yeah.
1: Could be. Mm Mm-hmm and she she is giving it two and a half star and says uh, the glass castle has had its few moments of shines and tears to wipe away but under the hood it's where the film relies a huge problem on can be forgettable uh, during times beginning is not uh, beginnings if not Claim to love it or hate it, but somewhere in the middle, that gives the, uh, that a uh, mixed opinion feeling. If you want to find a better way to watch this film, wait for it on rental. So she's actually saying watch it, but don't watch it in the movies.
0: So she's saying it's good, <clears throat> but not as good as maybe some people are saying, maybe.
1: Right, it's
0: two and okay. a half stars, it's not good. No. Out of five. Ah, okay. Uh, I got one from the Facebook. Um, very low Facebook presence, and it seemed like maybe they were cleaning it up because there was only good ones on there, really. But this one's kind uh, of a medium one. Marcy Smith says, Okay, so, we all know that movies based on books are almost always disappointing. Yeah. The movie is never as good as the book. The same yep. is true for The Glass Castle. However, I did enjoy the movie and thought it it came pretty close to the book. There are so many things I wish could have been included in the movie. The only thing I really disliked was the ending. It seemed like a forced happy ending, and that is exactly why I prefer the book. It's real. This ending was very contrived. So apparently they changed wow. the ending from the book at least a little bit, or enough that this lady uh, noticed. So.
1: Right. That's kind of strange when you change the ending of a true book.
0: Of, yeah, of memoirs. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, but they had to make it Hollywood, probably, so.
1: Hey, there's a little thing called SummerSlam this week.
0: Yes! Six hours, uh, I believe, this Sunday we will be spending on it. <laughs> so, better be terrific.
1: And, yes, and not only that. The day before, guess what we're doing, Luke?
0: Uh, what? Oh, right, we're NXT. NXT. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I did. We, Me and you had not talked about it, so I thought maybe you were like, there was something else that I had forgotten about. No, yeah, I uh, forgot about that completely. Uh, we're
1: watching NXT as well, because that's fun.
0: It's always funner because it's shorter, and it's usually better yeah. wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's for sure. Um. so let's go
1: through it SummerSlam 2017 aka Fro is really excited for approximately 50% of the matches
0: alright Fro why don't you run us through the matches I will
1: the first match we have is Cesaro and Sheamus against Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins in a tag team match for the, the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship
0: all right, um, let's see here. I think that one is the only one that Tilly did not pick, because I have Tilly's picks. Uh, okay. So that is the only one she did not pick. Uh, okay. Why don't you go next, Fro?
1: I am going to go on the crazy, crazy side and just say Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins for the heck of it.
0: Okay, that works, because I said Cesaro and Sheamus. So oh,
1: cool. Then we have in the singles match John Cena versus Baron Corbin, aka I am so not interested in this match.
0: Right? Tilly picked Corbin. Okay, I also picked Corbin. Yep,
1: yeah, and I'm going to be extremely boring and say Corbin.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I don't, don't see the point of
0: him not yeah, winning. No.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, and I I'm pretty sure I heard that John Cena is gonna be going and doing a movie again pretty soon. So mm-hmm. I think he's doing trans- the new Transformers. So yeah, if he le if he wins and then just leaves, that would be the worst. Uh, yeah. But considering the booking they've had in the last two weeks on Raw and SmackDown, I wouldn't be surprised. Why not just change? The- <laughs> Me neither. Why not just change the championship right before the pay per view? Um, uh
1: but uh, jump Cena now uh, Baron Corbin doesn't have anything other than uh, the suit. No, I was uh, talking uh, about
0: well. the Tazawa match on on uh on Raw. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, he lost that he doesn't have now the head money in the bank anymore. So
0: right on Tuesday, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Which pff, uh well, also okay.
1: tremendously stupid cash-in.
0: Yeah, well, I see what they were going for because they gave uh. him the he gave him the super AA and so he was like, "Oh, we gave him the super AA, he's never going to be able to get out of that." So he came in to disrupt the match, started a new match. I understood what they were going for. It's just dumb to do right before SummerSlam. That's the yeah. only reason it's dumb. Yeah. Yeah, so
1: all of us Baron Corbin. That's kind of boring, but it is what it is. We got 12 we matches, single... so
0: yes. Oh my gosh, bro! Single... Sorry, sorry to disru- interrupt you. But I, looking at the sheet right here, did they add pre-show matches while we've been doing the podcast? Really? Look at the top; those two the little Ps. That means pre-show match. I have not refreshed. Oh, okay. Let me refresh. Oh my god! They did. What the heck? While we were doing this show, because well, we me and Fro 14. looked at it before, and now yeah. Whoa. Okay, let's
1: do that first then. Uh, Akara Tosawa with Tatus O'Neil and the cruiserweight championship against Devil. Who did Tolu say? Uh, Tazawa. And this is kind of funny. And I can and I can actually write this under like she didn't pick Tessa after he won the title because Taylor is in Spain, so she actually sent this in before he
0: won it on on Raw. Uh, right. He, she she uh, she sent us the I got it on Sunday, so she sent yeah. it a day before it actually happened. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, and it's versus Neville. Uh, what do you think? Uh, so I awesome. said
0: Neville, so we got one each there.
1: Ooh, what about you?
0: From you think he's, you think he's going to win it back? You know what? I, I was like, no, they'd never do that. And then I remembered what they did last time with this title and the jumping uh, back and forth. It's done. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the reason they put it on Tozawa was because they went, oh man, we need another heel win. Let's have Tazawa get it and then Neville can win it back. Yeah.
1: Okay. I I'm still going to pick Sosaba with the sorry. Yeah,
0: mine might be a long shot, but maybe they're doing it just to fuck with the betting sites. Who knows?
1: Who knows? Then we have the new day, uh, Biggie and Xavier Wood with Kofi Kingston against the Usos, Jimmy, Uso and Jay Uso for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship.
0: And Tilly said, "New day."
1: Yeah, I'm with Tilly.
0: And I said the same thing. So.
1: Yeah, they just got it. Come right, on. totally.
0: There is no reason to take it off of them now uh, at all. No. no. Um, and they have other Smack or other SmackDown tag team. <clears throat> Sorry. Tag teams that they could be using, so, yeah. Yep.
1: Then we have Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt
0: in a singles match. Tilly said, um... (coughs) Oh, Balor. She said Balor. You? I also said Finn.
1: I'm going with Bray Wyatt.
0: All right. And this is the match yes, we're obviously be... getting the return of uh, Balor's demon character, so...
1: Right. And to be a different time picking Bray Wyatt, I really think Finn Balor is going to win, but right. that's not fun if we pick all the same.
0: But who then knows, you could be ki- right just so they could continue this Bray Wyatt-Finn Balor feud, so... It could be. Then we have
1: Big Show versus Cass, and and so Amore will be suspended... About the ring in a shark cage.
0: Can anybody say WCW much... or TNA?
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's what this match never is. Done... We never, never done this before. Uh, uh Tilly said. To go first. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Go ahead. I'm going to go first. I haven't seen uh, Tilly's pick, so I'm just going to pick Big Show.
0: Uh, Tilly said Cass, and I said Cass.
1: Okay. Then we have Randy Orton versus Rusev in a uh, why the fuck is this match a match match?
0: Uh, because Randy Orton's the All American face. That's why.
1: Oh, fuck! I hate this match already.
0: Right. I don't want to see it at all. And I love Rusev. I hate Randy Orton. Yeah, I love so I guess, Rusev. I guess my. Love for Rusev is overshadowed by my hate for Randy Orton. I think that's what it is. Yep. yep. Randy Orton,
1: it's official. He destroys everything.
0: I said Rusev here, uh, surprisingly. I said no. Rusev as well. All right, let's see what Tilly said. She also said Rusev. Ah. Uh, I don't want to change. That's fine. <laughs> we still have some ones that are different. We're not all the yeah. same at this point, so... Um. What's next, bro? Uh,
1: then we have a singles match for the WWE United States Championship, and uh, Shane McMahon will be a special guest referee, and it's AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens, and I have a wild, wild prediction.
0: All right, why don't you go first then?
1: I think Shane is going to go heal with Kevin Owens' help. I think they have, for some reason, played hot potato with this title, and I'm going on a crazy limb and say that Kevin Owens
0: wins it okay. because of Shane. Yes, because Shane because goes heal. Right. Uh, it could happen. It would be like pretty s- kind of, um, what's the word for it? Uh, super obvious since they showed that whole clip of him from the 90s turning heel as a referee. So it would be like repeating a story they even just showed. I know. But... but I can see what you're saying. They would totally do something like that. Uh, especially since maybe they think SmackDown needs a heel general manager, maybe? Who knows? Yeah. You know, but me and Tilly both said styles, so.
1: Yeah. I know I'm the crazy one here. The crazy one.
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I picked, uh, what was the one that I picked that was weird? Oh, Neville. Right, so. but Then we have the match that I'm
1: oddly most excited for. Ginger Mahal with the Singh Brothers against Shinsuke Nakamura.
0: Okay, I went with uh, Nakamura on this one. I think he's going to get the I, title. Yeah.
1: I think... Oh, this is Sarge. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... What did Tilly say?
0: Tilly said gender.
1: Oh. So I don't have to. <laughs> I, I was hoping she was going to say Shinsuke Nakamura as well. Right. So I had to pick uh, Ginger because uh, then I could be the opposite. Because I really want to pick Ginger Mahal. So I'm going with my hope instead of what I think and saying Ginger Mahal. And yes, okay. I hope Ginger Mahal wins the match. Holy shit.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: Yep. So, then we have...
0: maintain, all right, uh, next match. Yep.
1: Then we have uh, the singles match for the WWE Champion. No, that's uh, exactly what I saw, said. <laughs> then we have a singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship, and it's Lisa Bliss against Sasha Banks.
0: And Tilly went Sasha on this one. What about you, Fro? Alexa. And I also said Bliss, so. At least we got a different
1: one there. Then we have the singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Naomi versus Natalya, or, oh my god, this is going to be a boring match.
0: Well, we have the possibility of a cash-in. That's the thing they're banking on making this match exciting, is, uh... Is uh, oh. why can't I remember her name? I'm bad with names today, apparently. Uh, hey, that's my disease. Right. Hey, keep going from my disease. The name Queen, disease is my disease. Queen of Staten <laughs> Island, Carmella. There we go. I just had to say Queen oh, of Staten Island and it made me remember. Yes. uh, yes. which she is really good right now. She's like one oh, of the best so females on WWE right now, for sure.
1: She's so amazing. But uh, I think Naomi is going to keep her championship.
0: Okay. Yeah, I said Naomi as well. So Tilly just went different on that one.
1: Oh, she said Natalia.
0: Uh, she said Sasha. Right. No, oh wait, Natalia. Oh, okay. I'm looking at the wrong one. Women. Ah. wrong women's match. Uh, no, she said Naomi as well. So we all agree on that. Yeah.
1: I mean Natalia. Nobody is going to believe she's going to win because she doesn't win anything.
0: Right. Well, the thing is, she could win, and then she could get cashed in on. Which sure. would be another way this could all go down, but yeah.
1: Then, the main event. I'm super stoked for this. I can't wait for this. This is so awesome already, in my mind. Brock Lesnar, with Paul Heyman, versus Roman Reigns, versus Samoa Joe, versus Bro Strowman in a five-round four-way match for the WWE Universal Championship.
0: Yeah, this is going to be amazing. Uh, we're going to be waiting basically all night for this. is what we're going to be doing, yep. but I well, still there's
1: some, there's some other matches I want to see though.
0: Right, but, but this yeah. is the one we're going to be like I can't wait for that like the whole night, yeah. but um I the Universal Championship still does not roll off the tongue, right? It uh, on um, Monday, uh, Paul Heyman was talking about it, and he was try He said it a couple times, and I was like, "It just doesn't sound right. It just does yeah. not sound right." Uh, yeah. But let's see. Want to do Tilly first? Yeah. Tilly said, uh, said Lesnar.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's
0: going to. <laughs> I went Strowman.
1: Yep. The Brawny, Paper me.
0: Towel, Strohman. Yeah.
1: I did uh, exactly the same, because I'm sure it's not going to be Samoa Joe. Uh, it's either going to be, and this is going to be a highly unpopular choice, uh, it's either going to be Roman Reigns or Brawlstorm. You're going Strohman, right? Yeah. Okay. And to be honest... To be honest with you, they are so doing the right thing with Brown Braun, Braun Strongman right now.
0: He's also they amazing making, right now,
1: yeah. They are getting him to he's the best male right now.
0: Uh yeah. I think so too. Um If uh if we don't include fashion files. But yes.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in, in wrestling.
0: He's right, the he best. is Okay. Really awesome, and I saw a clip of him. He was at a uh, whatever town they're in. He was at a baseball game, like uh, yeah. signing with kids Did and doing like with getting Alexa right and Did you getting see a jersey. How
1: small she was.
0: Well, yeah, but the, both those guys are giant. <laughs> like they're both giant, so of <laughs> she, course she's gonna look she, tiny.
1: She, she looked so tiny.
0: Right, <laughs> really tiny. Because uh, who was the other person that was there? Uh, I can't even. Uh, it was. Braun Strowman and her, and somebody else. Oh, Big Cass. So, two gigantic people who are both the... (laughs) Some of the tallest people in WWE, and then Alexa Bliss, who's got to be one of the shortest ones. So, yeah. A very strange contrast. But in that, Braun Strowman was acting very nice. He was, you know, smiling, shaking hands with people, and I was looking at him going, this guy is going to be an awesome face someday. Yeah, He is going to be great.
1: Her build height is... Five feet one.
0: That's short. Yeah, that even is for a short. lady.
1: I just checked it on the Google machine.
0: And who knows? Google. Sometimes WWE. Um, I don't know if that's where you're getting it from, or if that's where that stats coming from. But uh, they will exaggerate heights one way or another. Because Cass is not actually seven feet tall.
1: <laughs> but no, this was from Wikipedia. Uh,
0: okay, but who knows? That could. Still come from WWE. Um, okay, right, well, that... that was everything for, for this week. Uh, let's do our plugs. Um, no, yeah. not, no. No? no. no, I'll let you go into why you don't like the guest book right now so we can get it out of the way and we don't have to talk about it ever again. <laughs> go ahead and tell me the things you didn't like about this episode. This
4: <sighs> This
1: episode?
0: There you have it. Like, I didn't like anything in this episode. I thought this was the best episode so far.
1: <laughs> that is funny. I, I I I thought this was the most boring, shitty episode ever. I, I,
0: I, I Sometimes was... I wonder, because sometimes for a, we'll do this, and at the beginning, this is why oh. I, last week I was like, Let's save our opinions to the end, because sometimes, Fro, you've done in this this in the past with other shows, not this one specifically, but where we will, you'll say it at the beginning, you hated this show, it was the worst, we'll do the recap, and at the end, Fro will be like, you know what, that was actually better than I remember it. It's happened before, Fro, <laughs> so uh, let's just see. We'll go into the recap and see if maybe that's the case.
1: Yeah, okay, let's do that. <laughs> and then I you can say the uh, other things...
0: Uh, Then you can maybe mention the things while we're doing it that you didn't like. The actual, not not the whole show. Like, you can mention the individual little things, but that's what we do here. Uh, The guest book episode three story number three is the title of the episode. Um, We get our opening. I
1: actually saw this episode. Sorry, I just said, I was just going to say, believe it or not, I saw this episode twice.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, me too. I oh. always watch them twice, though, because the reason I always watch shows twice is when you take notes. Uh, it's like you take some notes, and then you get to a point you have to stop the show. You have to take it again. So you're not. I'm not watching the show like really in completion or like in in a row because it feels like I'm stopping and starting. So I always do yeah. my notes first, and then I watch it again to really get the feeling of the show, and uh, and I can enjoy it more. Uh, because I know I've got my notes done, I don't have to stress about that, and uh, I I'll usually enjoy the show more the second time I watch it. But, let's get and into And the this.
1: reason why I watch it twice is because I have a bad memory problem with, in my life, and I watch it so I can talk about it on the show. Right, because,
0: because th- knowing Fro, he probably watched early. it on th- uh, Thursday, Thursday or Friday when it yep. came out, and then yep. watched it again on Tuesday? or. Is that yep. right? Okay. Yep. My suggestion, if you want to avoid watching it twice, bro, just wait for Tuesday and watch it once. And then you're... It's,
3: it's, I'm it's an idea.
0: It's an idea. Yeah. But you probably are like, I want to watch it. It's out. Like, that. Yeah. If, if that's the case, then, you know, do your thing. No problems. But <laughs> just an idea, if you want to, if you did, if you're like, I don't want to have to watch this twice, there is an option, but... Oh, yeah. um, we get our opening candy machine scene, which we had in the last episode. I didn't know they were gonna. This was gonna be a running thing, but it's the way they've set this show up to do the recap of what's happened in the past. So instead of us having like the thing where it'd be like last, last on the last episode of, and they'll go into like the recap of what's happened on the last show, like a lot of shows do. This one has this like scene in the opening part where there are the two two guys at a candy machine. At like it looks like in a break room at like a job is that what you think, Fro? Yeah. And they're it talking like to each other, and one authors. guy, one guy says, "Hey, there's this show that I've been telling you about." And he and then he recaps what happened on the last episode to the guy uh, in the break room, and then uh, after he does the recap, the guy that he's talking to always does it seems like a different joke each week about what he said. So this week the guy yeah. says. He sa- uh, the guy says, oh, yeah, you should check it out. It's a pretty good show. And the other guy says, uh, I would, but my mom controls the remote.
1: <sighs> Already here, I'm like, oh, what the lame joke.
0: It was, but that's why I found it funny, I guess, because it is a lame joke. And that's the, l- the whole point is like it's supposed to be um, cheesy, I guess. This little opening bit is supposed to be like it, it has nothing to do with the rest of the show. It's just kind of like a cheesy thing that is breaking the fourth wall a little bit. And I like that yeah. it's breaking the fourth wall, I guess, is what I like but about it. it. it but it, it's kind of,
1: and this is why I have a problem with it, it's kind of the tone for the rest of
0: the show. It has nothing to do with so, the rest of the show. Uh, here's what I you know. got to think about it as, Fro. Think about it as the thing before a show where they just go last time on 24 and then they show you what happened last time on 24 that's all it is they just did it in a more creative way
1: right so but you remember you remember uh, uh one of our favorite show Brain Dead, right where when where they also oh
0: right they also did way. a very very uh different way of recapping the last episode with the right. song yeah
1: right so, I mean, there there are, are smart ways to do it, and there are stupid ways to do it.
0: And I just feel like this is so, so,
1: Uh,
0: I, I, okay, I don't think it's as good as Braindead did it, but I think this is more interesting than just going last time on, and then doing, Oh, like... yeah, I totally okay. agree on that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who knows, it could grow on us, if it starts to get better, but... Uh, I think w- this would have still been better last week if it would have been a week apart instead of having two episodes oh, yeah. on one day. This one, I, th- I felt... M- it felt better to me because it was a week apart. So, it was it felt yeah. better than last week. Um, but we go into our opening credits. Uh, we open up outside of Fro- C- Froggy Co- Cottage. Sorry, it's hard to say Froggy Cottage. A woman uh, <laughs> is sitting outside writing in the guest book. So, right away we get our guest book. So... Yay. Uh, let's point out right now and get it out of the way, Fro, they did not make any reference to last episode where they totally screwed oh. up the guest book story by not having the guest book uh, being no. written in, but at least they went back to it here. That's always going to be a problem. I'm. Nice. We're always going to point out, at, at the end of this uh, season, unless Fro's right and the priest ends up at the cabin, <laughs> which, if that happens, Fro, and you're right, I will love it. It's going to be great. Oh uh, Yeah. Uh we're always going to have a problem with that episode. At the end of this, I can just see us going, what the fuck happened in that se- uh, episode two? Like, what? But. So, this woman is writing in the guest book. She She and her husband went on vacation with his boss and his boss's new wife, we find out. And so, from here, we go into the scene, the ending scene of the last episode, where they get pulled over, and the husband implicates his boss accidentally... Uh, with drink, drinking and driving, and we find out they kind of zoom back, which we didn't see in the last episode, and we find out they got pulled over right in front of the strip club. Um, the wife here is Phyllis, and Phyllis is played by Michaela Watkins. She was in the movie The Backup Plan. She's been in a bunch of TV shows. Um, she's a she's a face you would know, but she's a, hasn't been in a lot of really big thing. She's never been like a main actor. She's always a supporting character or something like that. Uh, The husband is John and he's really not that important as far as an actor goes. So I'm not even going to really mention him, but he's a starting out newer actor. So I really like this part where um, we see the strip club in the background and the story moves from the husband and wife getting pulled over to the strip club. By the strip club being in the background, and we move from one story to the other. I really like the writing and the editing, as far as uh, the way the story... They move from one place to another without cutting from scene to scene. They show you the scene behind this scene, and then you move to that scene. It's very intricate and really well done. Those are little things that are filmmaker things, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that... Not a lot of other TV shows would think of doing. So,
1: G- can I say something? Like my main mom- well, my main problem in this—it's not like the fi- film uh, film-ocracy? The f- film democracy. Yeah.
0: film, uh, no, that's not right. Uh, uh what are we trying? Um, what are we trying to talk about here? Sorry. Well, uh, it's not
1: like <laughs> I-, I don't mind the changes from one scene to another scene. I, I can see that. The people behind this are clever people, right? I just find this week's story kind of
0: okay. Man. Yeah, but you agree that oh, well, the story that's within the story, because there's right. like the story of the town, and then we have our, each individual story per week. So you're saying the this week's story, you didn't like, but maybe right. you did like the story that was involved in the town. That's like the week to week story. Yes, okay.
1: I like the week-to-week the story. I just find this week's main story extremely bland and kind of confusing.
0: Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get you less confused by me explaining it. Because there were a few things oh, that yeah. the second episode, uh, I had to go back and write down some stuff because I missed it first time around. So, Sure. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, as far as going from one scene to another, it's not only the editing... That you have to take into consideration. Uh, Somebody wrote that in. Thinking about how it was going to be edited. Which is very. Very smart and clever. Like you said Fro. That stuff is super clever. Um, But yeah. Wilfred. The guy who was running the cabins. He comes out of the strip club. Which we saw him go in the strip club. At the end of the last episode. And Tickles walks out behind him. uh, And she goes up to Frank. Who's sitting in the car. Who's her stepson. And we find out that they want to blackmail Wilf- uh, Wilfred just like they did the guy in the last episode. Because they taped him, well, I guess she gave him a lap dance, which we never saw. But but Wilfred is one of our main characters that, that goes through instead of being one of the people who is in just an episode. So blackmailing, blackmailing Wilfred is something that's going to run through the whole series. Whereas that first one... She blackmailed him, but he was a tourist, so he just left, right, so. Right. So, um, Frank leaves to follow Wilfred because he's doing the same thing he did in the the uh, first episode, I guess, and uh, as he drives away, they're driving past the people who are being pulled over, and we go back to that scene, which is, again, very, very clever. Uh, and we see David Zayas being handcuffed in the background uh, by the cop, so we know that the guy, the guy who implicated him, got him arrested. So you know your boss is not going to be super happy when you get him arrested. It's just how things go. Um, the boss again, like we said last week, is played by David Zayas, and the character is also named David. Uh, and David Zayas is, of course, uh, Angel Batista from Dexter. Yes. Anything else you That's... can remember him in? Oh, he was in Oz. Did you ever yeah. watch Oz? Yeah, I love that was, Oz. Yeah, uh, I think that show would totally still hold up. I would, uh, I would actually like to rewatch that. Um, awesome. I've been thinking Amazing. about shows I want to rewatch, and I think maybe X Files and maybe Oz might be another one that I'd like to rewatch. But um, so yeah, Wilfred and Frank drive to the cabin. And Wilfred returns to the cabin office, and as he walks in, he slaps his wife on the butt. And she's kind of like, what What got into your shorts? Like, have you been looking <laughs> at lingerie ads? I think is what she says. But, of course, we know yeah. Wilfred went to the strip club.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, in the office, uh, Phyllis and John, they, wa- they check into to Fro-dy-co- Froggy Cottage. And this is the first time we see the boss's wife. She pops her head in and says that, she talked to the police and that they can go pick up David at the police station. Uh, cause he paid, paid the fine or whatever. And she says, I need to go get some whiskey cause he doesn't sound very happy. So we know right here, basically that John is, g- this may not be a great weekend when the first thing that happens when you're going on vacation with your boss is you get him arrested. Yeah. So outside, uh, froggy cottage, Frank is waiting outside and he sees Wilfred. He calls the strip club, gets a hold of Tickles, and says that he doesn't want to blackmail Wilfred because it just looks like all he wants to do is get with his wife and it's an old couple and it's probably hard for him to get it up, basically, is what he's saying. And Tickles says that she doesn't give a crap, that he better be, if he comes back there, he better have her money. And Frank turns around and he sees uh, David's car, which uh, the wife left the back door open. And there's a purse and a, what was it, a laptop, I believe, or an, a tablet? Laptop. Mm-hmm. And he steals the stuff out of the boss's car, including the wife's purse. So the next scene we cut to is David, has, they obviously have gone gone and picked him up. But they're at Froggy Cottage, and David is on the phone with the police, even though he just came from the police station. David is calling the police about the stolen person, and the laptop. So now David is even more pissed off than he was before. So this is not going to be a great weekend with your boss. Obviously, the idea of going on a weekend trip with your boss is to, like, get in good with the boss and, like, maybe get a promotion or a raise, you know, that kind of thing. This this um guy, John, everything's going wrong. In that respect. Like, it's looking like he's not going to have a very good relationship with his boss. Is that what you're getting from this, bro? Oh, definitely. Alright, so this is the part where David's wife asks uh, Phyllis when David and John walk inside. She asks Phyllis if she has any Plan B pills. uh, Because she hasn't been taking birth control because it gives her uh, whiskers on her chin, is what she says. And that she can't tell David that uh, the plan B pills she had were in her purse that got stolen because David is really against abortion and he's very right wing. Um, And as this is happening, they walk inside because Phyllis says she doesn't have any plan B pills. They walk inside and we see behind them a car pull up. So we again go from this scene. We see behind them, Something happened, and we go to the scene that's happening behind them. And the doctor from the last episode, the guy uh, the guy who was playing with his kid in the first episode, his ex-wife is dropping off their son. And this ex-wife is very mean, and she obviously hates this guy, and she tells uh, their son that the breakup was all the dad's fault. And so the kid is very mad at this dad. And
1: also she shows... Her middle finger when when she's driving away.
0: Right. Uh, I think, yeah, and she does it later, too. Like, uh, when she picks him up. Right. So, uh, we go inside a froggy cottage now. Um, and David is pouring whiskey for himself, which we heard about earlier. And John, he offers it to John. And John says, sure, I'll take some, but uh, Phyllis doesn't drink. And... <clears throat> Phyllis says, "I don't drink?" Like, what are you talking about, John? And he's like, "I don't need any more problems on this vacation with my boss." So, and you when you drink, you get mouthy." And she's like, "Uh, what what are you talking about?" And he says, "Remember my niece?" And she says, "Your niece started it." And he says, "She's 8." And Phyllis says, "She's a racist." I thought that was hilarious. Mm. That's so good, Fro. That is so good. I can't. If you didn't find that funny, you must have been in a weird headspace when you were watching this. Because that is... She's eight. No, she's a racist. She's eight. She doesn't know any better. Everyone... Uh, every, so everyone's drinking except for Phyllis. So everyone gets super drunk. So drunk that Phyllis is carrying John up the stairs. And at like four in the morning, the phone rings. And everybody's super passed out. So... Only Phyllis hears it. She goes, she answers the call. But it's somebody calling the wrong number. And they say, it's Marsha. Jennifer, is that you? I gotta I got get out of here quick, because he's in the bathroom. And then you hear somebody in the background of Marsha. And it's her husband. And she hangs up the phone. So we're like, oh my gosh, this lady is in some kind of abusive relationship. You got anything there, Fro? <laughs> No, no, no. <clears throat> um so Marsha is played by Stephanie Weir, who is of course on Mad TV for like almost the whole forever. Yeah, yeah. Almost the whole series of Mad TV and she's been in other things, little things here and there, but she's probably most well known for Mad TV. Uh can I say this that she's maybe my most favorite character of
1: of the episodes because she's I, like, I like I like I I think I like her kind of nervousness and kind of jittery. She she plays a good role here, and it's she's
0: my very favorite. she she's playing a character which is very sheltered and very ignorant of the world around her, which right. is hilarious. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Phyllis. Uh, oh, right, because Marsha h- hang up on her, and. Phyllis, uh, goes, tries to go back to bed, but she gets another call and it's from Marcia and Marcia still thinks this is Jennifer. So Marcia says, uh, or Phyllis says to Marcia, this is not Jennifer. This is, uh, this is a cabin I'm renting and it may be owned by Jennifer, but she is not here. And Phyllis says that, or Marcia says that she wants to leave her husband and, Phyllis says, "Are you in an abusive relationship? Is he is he beating you or something?" And Marcia says, "No, no, no. I I'm a polygamist, and I'm sick of being in a marriage with this guy <laughs> and three other women."
1: Can I ask you? Should we know who this girl is that she's trying to get hold of?
0: Who Jennifer? Yeah. I not. I don't think so yet.
1: Have we met Jennifer? Huh?
0: Have we? In other episodes? Oh, no. I'm asking you. I, no, I I, I... I have no clue. Um, I could What's go back and face? check, because they even point out later that what kind of house she has. That she has a mailbox that is shaped like a yellow um, lighthouse. Isn't that what they say? So maybe in one of the last episodes... Uh... If you went back and you, like, double-checked, you you may be right, Fro.
1: Because that's one, one of the things I, I found a little, like, confusing with the storyline. It's like, are we supposed to know who this girl is? I, I didn't understand that. Uh, that I didn't even make
0: make the consideration, so it never... Uh, okay. I never connected the thing, so <laughs> that was not confusing to me. But I'm looking back. The girl in the uh, second episode was named Lynn... And her, the first? Um, uh, and then the the older lady who becomes an atheist uh, was named Jill, and then the first episode, um, the girl was named Sandy. Oh, okay. So, so no. no, no, this is okay. just not okay. r- not related. It's a lady calling the wrong number. Exactly. That's wrong. the whole point of the story. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. Phyllis decides she's going to help out Marsha and Phyllis, uh, but Marsha needs money for a bus ticket. So Phyllis, uh, you know, sends money over to her through her bank account. And the whole time Phyllis is trying to send money to Marsha through PayPal or whatever behind her, David is like sleepwalking because he's so drunk and he's like walking around the kitchen and then she sits down on the couch to, send the money and David's peeing in the corner of the kitchen. This is very good. Of It's funny because it's all happening behind her. Uh, mm. And it's not really part of the scene, but it's also happening as the scene that's important to the storyline is happening. That's what makes it funny. Again, I'll repeat it. What I repeated last week, there's a lot of dry, very Canadian kind of British humor. So it's hard mm. to kind of translate into me talking about it. You just have to see it to understand why it's funny. Uh, the next morning, David and John are outside, and they're playing with a crossbow. Uh, and David said he, he, he got it at a, a charity event for Republicans. And we find out here that David and his wife met when they were at an anti-abortion rally. And what was the sign he had? Uh, babies wouldn't be aborted if they had guns. <clears throat> that is so that's funny. how That's how right-wing this guy is. Um, that is flutter. Right. It doesn't even make sense when you think about it. Uh, but they're playing <laughs> with this crossbow and the kid across the street is hanging out with his dad, but he's watching them play with this crossbow because he's, you know, what, maybe like a 10-year-old boy who's like, whoa, cool, a crossbow. Um, and David accidentally shoots the crossbow up in the air when he's trying to cock it and the arrow flies up in the air and it's coming down and Phyllis hears the phone ring, uh, in the cabin and the arrow lands right where she was sitting. And nobody's like, uh, Oh my gosh, you almost died. Everybody's like, huh, whatever. Except for the little kid who's watching this whole thing. And he's like, cool. (laughs) And the dad, the doctor looks at him, looks at the kid and goes, Hmm, and it look he gets that look in his face like I think I just got an idea. Um So, right, Phyllis walks inside to get the get the phone and it's Marcia again, and we find out Marsha came to this town to try to find out where her sister is, Jennifer. And Marsha is calling her from right in front of the Chinese food place that we've heard about, but this is the first time we've ever seen it. So now we're kind of getting a layout of the town, which we get a little more now uh, that the strip clubs here, right and then the cabins are up the up in the mountains a little ways and there's the town right outside. So we're actually building kind of like you know how uh, Simpsons, let's say, built Springfield and you kind of know where like all the things are. We're just building right. to where the all the different locations are in this town. So she's standing in front of the Chinese food place, and she's talking to Phyllis. And again, we get another thing that's behind her that's the funny thing as the scene's happening, because behind her, the stripper who we saw in, what, the last episode who was falling over, walking outside, trying to give Tickles the phone, behind Marcia is the same stripper, and she's stumbling, falling all over herself, falling on the ground, except she's got Chinese food in her hands. So it's Chinese food flying up in the air. So that's going to be a run, running gag. The stumbly stripper who doesn't know how to walk in high heels. Very funny. Uh, Phyllis leaves uh, to get Marsha. So she leaves the cabin to go to the Chinese food place. But she doesn't want everybody else to know. Because she thinks that you know uh, her husband has already had a hard time trying to get in good with his boss. And everything's gone wrong. And it's just starting to get better. And she doesn't want to add this other person to the scenario to make things even worse. Does that make sense, bro? Yeah, and I can understand that. Right, especially when you have no idea who the person is. Like, at all. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you have no clue what they're going to be like, and she's a polygamist who, if she brought that up, who knows where that conversation would go. Yep. But she decides she's going to go get Marsha. So, she goes, uh, she leaves... And she's gonna. She says she's gonna come back once everybody's really wasted, and then they won't. They won't care that there's another person there because they're all drunk. So that's Phyllis's plan here. So we go to the strip club, and Tickles has the uh, Bethany, who is the name of uh, David's wife. She has uh, Bethany's purse, and she's auctioning off all the stuff in Bethany's purse to the strippers, including the Plan B pills. And as she's doing this, Wilfred walks in, into the, into the strip club and tickles looks over at Frank, like what the hell you were supposed to have blackmailed this guy. And now he's just walking back into our strip club. Like, where did you get this purse? So tickles takes Frank outside and says, I, I should have known that that old guy didn't give you a purse and a laptop. (laughs) (laughs) And Frank says, he, I couldn't have ripped him off. He's like the only other black guy in town. I just could not do that to this guy, is what he says. Uh. And uh, Frank tells Tickles uh, kind of offhandedly, like, this isn't a tourist. This is the guy who lives here. He rents out the cottages up on the hill. And Tickles says, that old man has every the key to every cottage in in the city? And Frank's like, Yeah. And Tickle says, this old man is the key to our retirement. So this is going to be a running thing. They're going to be trying to get, maybe break into these cabins? Or where do you think they're going with this, bro? Uh, yeah, I was thinking that, that uh, break
1: in uh, and that they could maybe, like, uh, uh, get him in into uh, kind of working with them, maybe. Right,
0: they we'll blackmail think. into him letting them use the keys is what Breaking. I'm thinking, yeah. So they have one tape, but uh, obviously Tickles has decided that she's going to make another tape uh, or whatever. Try- she's going to get more dirt on him, is the idea. So this is all happening outside the uh, strip club. But behind them, we find out that's where the Chinese food place is. So we're, again, building more of what this city looks like. Because uh, we didn't really know where the Chinese food place was in con- in, like, conjunction to the rest of the buildings that we've seen before, but now we do. But outside the Chinese food place, Phyllis and Marsha are there, and they're talking about their marriages and how Marsha... Marsha's husband treats her badly kind of the same way Phyllis does... uh, Phyllis's husband and wives do, I should say. Um, Right. That they're treated like the outcasts and that they're the black sheep, kind of. Um... And she said... Uh, "What? Go ahead. Yeah, no,
1: and to be honest, they can maybe thank themselves <laughs> for that. That they are the black sheeps, I mean. Why? Well, we, because of the stealing and stuff.
0: Oh, no, you are missing my point here. All right. So we went from the strip club to the Chinese food place. All right. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. Outside the Chinese food place, Phyllis and Marsha, who are... Uh, John's wife and the lady who just left her husband and wives are talking Uh. outside the Chinese food place and they're talking about their marriages and how uh, I believe Phyllis uh, or no, Marcia says they keep calling her something that's out of the Flintstones that she doesn't understand the reference to. Mm -hmm. And Phyllis Mm. says that her husband always calls her a jinx and that she, uh, she's a drama magnet. That's what it was. Hmm. But they're just hanging out, eating Chinese food outside, because they're waiting for everybody to get drunk. So that night, they return to the cabin, Phyllis and Marsha. Um, and as they drive up, we see the doctor and the son are also returning home. And the doctor has bought the son a crossbow, and now the the son is no longer mad at him. Uh, he's, he's super happy with his dad now. So his dad has bought him off uh, of, from when his... From the ex-wife who told him that it was all the dad's fault for the breakup. Uh, I don't know if buying a kid a crossbow is probably the greatest idea, but my guess is this crossbow throw is going to come up in future episodes. So just remember. I am
1: guessing that's yeah. I totally agree.
0: Right. That's the cool thing about the show is you can never count a little detail out because there's a chance it might come up later, which is what I really like about the show is the detail. And like I said, the writing, uh, like you said, fro, I guess, that they're very clever. It's a very clever show. Mm. So, um, Marsha and Phyllis are there and Marsha says, uh, they they drive up uh, to the cabin, Froggy Cottage, and Marsha says, this isn't my sister's house. So this is the first time we realize that Phyllis, uh, uh, Marsha has been calling the wrong number. Because she shows Phyllis the piece of paper. She says, does this look like a 3 to you? That has the phone number on it. And Phyllis goes, it's all smudged. I can barely tell what any of these numbers are. And Marsha says, oh, yeah, the cats peed on it. And Phyllis is like, oh, oh, and she's holding it in her hand. Like, why did you give this to me? That's one uh, of the things I actually really liked.
1: What? That the this little bit? Would,
0: yeah. Right. Uh, so Marsha got the wrong phone number, and she obviously got the wrong cabin, and so this whole thing that Phyllis thought she was doing, uh, helping her out to find her sister, is nothing because this isn't even the right place. So Phyllis uh, says uh, she, you, you can't come in and stay in the cabin because obviously she doesn't want everybody else to see uh, Marcia in the morning. So she says she can sleep in the back of David's car because it's a really giant, like, Suburban. Um, and this was weird, but I'm assuming this is also going to come up in later episodes, Fro. She's walking away from the car, and she gets stuck in the foot by a syringe that's on the yeah. ground. It wasn't that the syringe from the last episode? Uh, go ahead and uh, remind me what wh- when it happened.
1: Uh, you remember they put the syringe and the girl were
0: uh, to... Oh, Right. To baptize her. That is probably yeah. where it came from. So they're connecting the last episode and this episode. These are mm-hmm. the things that really make me like this show. I, mm. I'm glad you remembered, Fro, because I did not. But she doesn't pick up the syringe. She just throws it back on the ground. So it could come back up again in the future episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a very cool detail. I'm glad you remembered that, Fro. You see, your memory's better than you give it credit for sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so we go back to, uh, Phyllis and she's finishes up writing this story in the guest book and she puts the guest book in the closet so that her husband doesn't see, um, what she wrote in there in case he tries to read it. Cause uh, she doesn't want him to know about Marsha, but as she's doing this, Marsha, uh, a phone call comes through at the cabin and it's Marsha's husband and he's like feeding the cats which is funny because we she's been talking all about her cats. Like, I didn't even say bye to my cats. I just left. Marsha is very funny. Like you said, bro, best character probably in this episode. Um, and Marsha's husband wants to tell her he loves her and that he wants her back. So Phyllis is like, all right, and goes outside to get Marsha out of the car to get her on the phone. But the car is gone. And it's clear Marsha has taken David's car. And Phyllis is like, crap. I tried so hard not to screw over my husband uh, making his boss mad. And now, after everything that's happened, his car's been stolen. Right? Right. So, the next morning, Phyllis, it's clear Phyllis has not slept. She's just been drinking all night because she is wasted. And the cop is there, same lady cop that pulled him over. Uh, Maybe the only cop in the whole town. It's a very small town. It's very possible. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Uh, and they're reporting the car stolen. John here gets mad at Phyllis and calls her a drama magnet. And this is... Phyllis is wasted already, and she is inspired by Marsha, and she goes off on her husband. And then she starts to go off on her on David, her husband's boss, and she tells him that he's an idiot, right-wing moron, and she tells him that Bethany has been taking Plan, plan B... And what do you think about that, David? Uh, and how much he's against abortion. And then after she does this whole, like, long uh, berating of him, she goes, maybe I shouldn't have drinking so much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, she doesn't look good at all. She looks totally
0: trashed. Right, but she was just, like, from the night before, just waiting for the inevitable where somebody got mad at her for this car thing happening. But she, of course, doesn't right. tell anybody that Marsha stole the car because she's protecting Marsha. So, yeah. We find out what happens with the car later. <laughs> um, we got our ending montage, which we get every episode in our band, Honey Honey, Plays. And. I, I have a question for you. Sure. Uh,
1: and I, I mean this in all seriousness. Is Honey 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 the worst thing about this show? I think so.
0: What, the band? Yeah. I I don't mind them.
1: I I I do. I'm okay. sorry. I, Why, I really don't. What is
0: your reasoning here, Fro? Uh,
1: not my type of music.
0: Oh okay. Well it's, yeah okay. At all? I thought it was like you didn't like the musical interlude at the end of each no, episode. No no. You just no, don't like no, the no, band. That, that, okay. That that I don't mind. I just don't like the band. Sure okay. It, it, they're all covers of older songs, and they're done in kind yeah. of a folk song kind of way uh yeah. yeah i mean it's i wouldn't like buy their cd but i don't mind them if i was like at a concert and there were a bunch of different stages and there was a little stage off to the side that had these two playing and it was next to the food booze and i sat down and i was eating food i wouldn't mind right. it you know what i'm saying right. but yeah. that's I just understand. me we all have our own musical taste so we get our montage the doctor Is sending his son off with the mother, and the mother's really pissed because she can tell that the son is happy again. Uh, We have David and Bethany leaving in a cab because, of course, their car got stolen. And the cab's going down the same road we saw in the last couple episodes where they're passing another car going the opposite way. So, this is going to, the people in this car are going to be our next story for our next episode. Uh, Same montage. Wilfred is in the strip club getting another lap dance from Tickles. Which is being taped. And. Uh, right. And then we go back. We go to the people who are going to be our next story. So we come out of our montage. We go back to the cabin offices. And a man is. Fro- checking into Froggy Cottage. A guy with braces. And he says that he's there with his new girlfriend. And he wants his new girlfriend. To get to know his daughter. So they've gone on vacation to the cabin. So that. His new girlfriend and his daughter can get to know each other. So we go in outside of the ca- uh, cabin office into the, his car, and Jamie Presley, who, of course, yeah, uh, is from is My Name is Earl and other things, uh, lots of other things, really, uh, is in oh, there, and I she's eating uh, pot brownies, which is funny because before we went out to the car, the guy said, uh... Uh, the lady at the office said, oh, yeah, the last people who were in Froggy Cottage left all this liquor there. They just took off without their liquor. They just left it in the cabin. So feel free to have any liquor you want. And don't worry, I cleaned up where the guy peed in the kitchen, <laughs> which was very funny. Yep. Yeah. So, right. Uh, he says, uh, no, I don't want any of that liquor. I want to be clear headed when we go when my w- girlfriend and daughter get to know each other. And we go outside to the car, and of course, Jamie Presley, the girlfriend, is eating pop brownies. So she's not thinking the same way he is. So oh, setting up nice. for our next episode. And then one of the funniest parts of this episode to me was, right after we get our setup, we go to the cabin, uh, Froggy, Froggy Cottage, and a, somebody's calling on the phone, and there's an answering machine, and it's Marcy, or Marsha, I mean, calling uh, Phyllis, letting her know. I just took the car out to get some food. Uh, I was going to be right back. I was just hungry, and I figured nobody would notice as long as I was back before you guys woke up. But I drove the car into a lake. <laughs> and it sunk to the bottom of the lake, and I, I managed to escape. But uh, sorry about that, basically. Uh, I'm going to go yeah. back to my husband because I can't uh, fend for myself in the regular world. I love this part. I thought it was hilarious when she was like, and it sunk to the bottom of the lake.
1: (laughs) That's a little sad.
0: (laughs) I thought it was great because the whole time I was thinking that, uh, well, at least once the car's gone, I was thinking, oh, wow, Marsha really did steal the car to go find her sister Jennifer, right? And then she's talking on the answering machine, and she goes, I just left to go get some food. Uh, And I figured she'd be like, I'll be right back. I just stopped somewhere. Uh, sorry I'm late. Hopefully you, it wasn't an inconvenience. Something like that. But instead she says, I went to get some food and I drove the car into a lake. I thought, yeah. It's again, dry Canadian humor, but it's funny to me. And that's the end of our episode. AudibleTrial.com
1: Slash Another Digital Citizen That's AudibleTrial.com Slash Another Digital Citizen but look, I have something special. Sure. Oh, I wanted to ask out. you
0: something about the guest book real oh, quick. Okay. Did that review change your mind about this episode at all? Did it clear anything up as far as the confusion? Uh,
1: yes, the confusion, yes.
0: A little bit, okay. And yes. it showed, it, it, maybe it, I'm wondering if you noticed the little things that were like connecting different episodes and stuff like that. But I see that better when you... Better now. Right. Okay, yeah. cool, awesome. At least we're doing this review for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Mission pro
1: to like things. Okay, I have something right, uh- special. Yeah, go ahead. I have something special I want to promote for you. Look. It's true. It's damn true! It is so incredibly true. you know what I did last uh, week, Look. Uh, partied in Morocco? I was on the 500... No, I wasn't on the 500th show. I was on the 300th show of that wrestling show. Okay. And do you know what I'm doing tonight?
0: Uh, That wrestling show? Yeah. Do you know who's on there? Uh, You and Bill do that wrestling show.
3: (laughs) <gasps> it's Bill! Hello, Bill.
2: everyone.
1: So, Bill, you and me, we have big plans for this evening.
2: Oh, uh, yes.
1: Yes, We yes. We had the, our 300 show uh, last week. We are going to have the special, super spectacular preview of SummerSlam with fireworks. Our, <laughs> with fireworks <laughs> uh, how how excited are you for
4: I'm pumped
1: on a scale from one to ten 11 yeah
4: 11
1: <laughs> and me me and and uh, my friend uh bill here we're going through every single match of uh, SummerSlam of course like we did here. But we will also predict the pre-show of SummerSlam, (laughs) NXT TakeOver 3.
0: Oh, right, okay. I was like, we did the pre-show here. (laughs) But yeah, you're going to do an NXT as well, right. So yeah, everybody go check out uh, that wrestling show. And also, what's your other guys' podcast? Sharks Ponding South Park Podcast.
2: And this week's a special episode because we review a movie.
1: Yeah, and it was the first time you saw it. What is the name of the movie, Bill? Cannibal the Musical.
0: Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like that movie. Yeah, it's funny. It with is.
1: It probably, is so funny.
0: With probably now one of my all-time favorite songs ever in the history of civilization.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is really good. It but is. Uh, it's catchy. Uh Other than that, uh, yeah. Uh, join us, please join us on the Skype call on um, both Saturday and Sunday. We are going to Skype call.
0: Sure, yeah, for yeah. Hopefully, other people will be there. We always have a small group. Uh, hopefully, we never really want too many people to show up because it would get nuts. But uh, a yeah. couple people show up, hang out. Uh, let's wrap this show up, Fro. Uh, oh, did we have any more plugs? Oh, West Coast WestCoastWrestlingConnection.com. Go check out the TV show. Um. A lot of good stuff happening there support YouTube wrestling because YouTube sure as hell ain't doing it um, <laughs> That's uh, coming next week news of the week yes SummerSlam, SummerSlam results of course news of the week will include the aftermath of the solar eclipse uh, yep. SummerSlam results uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about what we thought of NXT as well I'm guessing um, yeah and then a very interesting topic. Why don't you go into this, bro? Yeah, we are going to talk about September the
1: twenty-third, twenty seventeen and what is so special about it. And no Salt Lake City, it's not WordCamp where uh, all the local WordPress community will be. It's <laughs> it's not that we're going to talk about. Sorry, WordCamp in Salt
0: Lake City. It's the end of the world. Of course, the return of Jesus, or maybe the running of the Four Horsemen. I'm not really sure, but that's happening on September 23rd, so we're going to go ahead and cover that before it happens, because I'm guessing it'd be hard to cover after. Right, bro? <laughs> after the world ended, we reviewed everything. Yes. Well, like This is our last podcast, right after the world ends. Um. <laughs> So yeah, September 23rd, apparently a lot of people, it's the new end times date, the new Doomsday prediction, so.
1: Yeah, and Luke hopes I like uh, the guest book episode four, so that is what we're going to talk about. We are also going to have another digital review of the Hitman's Bodyguard. Never heard about this.
0: I have also not heard about it. Do you want me to check it out before we go? Or
1: Yeah, two seconds about it. Yeah, sure. All right,
0: let me check out what's going on here. I just throw movies in here off the <laughs> list. and We never, yes. like, we never... A lot of places would be like, we're only going to cover superhero movies or we're only going to cover this kind of movie. or that. We do kids movies. We do horror movies. We do romantic comedies. We do every movie you could possibly want. And this apparently is the world's top production agent is called in to be an assassin and whatnot. So, it's got Samuel Jackson in it uh, and Ryan Reynolds. So that looks interesting.
1: Uh, this has been another digital uh, citizen episode 97. I know that somebody on this call is working for a special song for episode 100, in Tint Bill. Wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> uh, uh From Norway and America. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Goodbye, everybody.
2: Goodbye, citizen.